the love witch is a little old witch where love can witch together. Love witch, baby. <laughs> love witch, baby, love witch. I like it, man. I was kind of disappointed because I was hoping that this was going to be a movie about a bewitching sandwich. Oh, man. Can you uh, imagine? I would have loved that. Bewitching sandwich. Uh huh. I'll right. tell you what I want in my life. Okay, let's get to it. Trademark Dan Lovely. This, right. yeah, this is a business idea. I think this is very profitable. I'm just saying, I know that when you think about the audiobook of the Bible, we all, of course, know the James Earl Jones version. I think of both of those things all Frequently, the time. Yeah. I know. Imagine how much it would be outsold if we had a version of the Bible being read by that guy from the B-52s. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> <Ella> McKinney! <laughs> For God so loved the world, <laughs> it was as big as a whale. Like I'd read that. Would that would come in handy in the story of Job. So there you, there go, you go, man. The story, yeah, Jonah and the whale, yeah, man. Jonah, I said Job. Jonah, <laughs> Joba, Joba, Joba and the whale. <laughs> Welcome, Dead and Lovely hey. listeners, <laughs> to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the podcast. Mm-hmm. The one. That's the one. Here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Bran Beller. <laughs> and me, of course, St- Hollywood Starve. Starve, he's yeah. known as. Mm-hmm. We're here today to be talking about the love which, if you want to get straight on to the movie review and discussion and stuff, there's a timestamp for you, but we're going to do ourselves some chin wagging and beer chugging before it's we true. do that. So you want to hang around and be a part of that. You got damn right you do. How you been this week, man? I have been kicking, man. Just getting it done. What have That's you been kicking? Uh, just weights, really. Yeah, kicking weights? No kicking rocks weights. or cans or no, anything fun? No, I just go to the weight room and kick the fuck out of weights. Shit, man. It's got to hurt a toe. Yeah, oh no, yeah, but you know, no pain, no gain, they say. Old so. Iron Toes Steve. That's what they're going to call me after a while, Iron Toes Steve. You mm-hmm. see him kick that weight? Holy shit. <laughs> His toes must be of iron. <laughs> okay, all right, that's an interesting strategy there. Yeah, no, I've just been hitting it hard in the gym recently, and okay, I've okay. been liking it a lot. All right, yeah. all right. Picking up that weight will get real good to you. Yeah, it does. It exhausts you. That's the that's the positive thing for me with a, an anxiety disorder is if I'm exhausted, it's real hard to be anxious. Helps get the demons out. Get some damn demons out. Yep, yeah. I mean, that's just the way we treat our dang old puppy dogs and stuff. If they're yeah. too tired, they can't be assholes. It's true. It's true. That's so, the method. That's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm, what have you been up to? Mm-hmm. Man... It's been a busy week, honestly. I've been trying to get a lot of video content and stuff done, get a little bit ahead of myself because my my teaching sabbatical um, ends as of tomorrow, actually. I've enjoyed my my little break, as I talked about last time. And uh, I'm starting teaching back and stuff, so I know my life's going to get really busy again. So I'm just trying to get a little bit ahead on my video content. So that's been cool. I've been enjoying the release of the newest uh, Corpse Master track. That came out today on uh, Spotify and other music platforms. Corpse Master is a musical project between myself and uh, my buddy Jessup from our friends in the Say You Love Satan podcast. It's just fucking brutality. We've never had any discussion about like what style or genre or whatever. It's just like, hey, let's write metal songs based around horror movies. Yeah. And however it turns out is however it turns out. So we put out a song today, uh, Lunaris Insanium, that's all based around stuff from Silver Bullet. Yeah. I'm working on like an old school like thrash style tune for Evil Dead. But Oh, cool. Uh, the Silver Bullet tune is more like a Nails style, like hardcore kind of song. So... Yeah, check it out. It's a lot of fun, man. It's been getting a lot of, uh, 
I don't know. I've gotten a lot of good positive feedback from people let, about it. Let me go ahead and let everybody know what an insider I am. Uh-oh. I heard this song like two months ago. Fucking or old, you're tired yeah. of it already, man. <laughs> you're I've already had tired it on the of the Dropbox it. just playing over and over. Yeah, so you're like, and moving on. Moving on. Don't need that. Uh-uh. Give me some new shit. Give me some that new shit. Yeah. Man. I get mm-hmm. it, man. Yeah, I had myself a pretty good week. I had a busy weekend because I was, I was a single dog dad. My oh, wife was yeah. out. Doing some stuff with their friends in Asheville this oh, weekend. That's cool. They were just ashing it up. Oh yeah, yeah. just ash it up. Not not moisturizing their elbows. Not at all. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. coming back plum ashy, <laughs> like you do. So I was single dog dad this weekend. That's fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun, man. And uh, I I caught myself a couple of flicks. Did you? What'd this you be watching? week, what were real good? Okay. And some of them were not real good. Okay, so let's start with the good ones. Okay, dude. And I know this is like, wow, cool. Welcome to the fucking year 2001, jackass. I watched Training Day for the first time. Well, what'd you think? I think it's fucking awesome. Yep. Welcome to the the group of people who think that. It, it's, it's nice to be here. Large. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't join earlier. Yeah, it's great. It's a great Holy movie. Holy cow, man. Denzel Washington's amazing. Denzel is hard yep. as hell in that yep. movie. Fucking great. Yep. Really, really enjoyed that one, man. Um, also watch the house by the cemetery. <laughs> Your new favorite character, Bob. <laughs> My boy, Bob. Yeah, Bob the kid. Bob the kid. Yeah, not Bobby. No, no, he is. He's got Bob. a. He's got the gentlemanly name of Bob. That's a good and name the for the voice kid. of an annoying angel. Oh my god, the dub on his voice is <laughs> it is just the fucking worst. Yeah, man. universally hated Bob. Anybody who's sure. seen the the movie House by the Cemetery does not care for Bob. If you were gonna down punch Bob or Joffrey, <laughs> who would get it first? You know, because you're gonna down punch both. Of if them. I, if I'm gonna down punch Joffrey, like, do I have to deal with repercussions? No, uh-uh. oh, free okay, down then punch. Joffrey. Okay, Joffrey. Yeah, getting, yeah. Right. Bob's just annoying. Joffrey is. Uh, he's he, malicious. He's malicious. Yeah, that's fair. You know, uh-huh. what? that's fair. I bet Bob is just a full grown man now, or is he? Maybe what he's if still he's a kid. still that little kid? And that's his actual voice. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a dub. That was just him. That movie um, is just all the Italian strangeness that I signed up for. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I what thought I you might like it. Yeah, yeah, I remember when we watched it. Uh, I think it was on The Last Drive-In. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not riveting. No, it's a boring movie. But whenever stuff happens, it's, it's cool. cool. Yeah, bat attack, <laughs> corpse attack. Oh, yeah. dude, the bat in that. I finally yeah. see what you're talking about. We were talking about bad bats a couple of months yep, ago, and now I have seen it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it is just a hairy potato. Yep, it's just a potato that they put some hair on, and, and they were like, pretend like it's biting the shit out of you. It latches on to homeboy. <laughs> it's like, I could get this fucking thing off of me. Yep. <laughs> I did like some of those like like throat slashes and shit at the end. Yeah. Like, there's some good grisly stuff. That's. I mean, that's what you sign up for when when you're you're watching a giallo movie is it's gonna have good kills oh yeah right like it doesn't matter if anything makes sense just the kills yeah give me some good kills and some Uh wacky soundtrack and i'm on board so i did enjoy it it was fun uh i watched the matrix reloaded yeah okay so that's part two that's part two of the matrix quadrilogy as we have it now Uh uh-huh the kind of inspiration was, you know, like I said, Kate was gone over the weekend, and I was like, hmm, what's something that there's no way I could get her to do? Watch all the Matrix movies in a weekend, <laughs> because why would you? Well, since you only watched part two, sounds like you couldn't get yourself to do it either. I tried. <laughs> I did try. Okay, I will say this about The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. Compared to the fucking new Matrix Regurgitations, it is extremely watchable. 
Oh yeah, okay. All right. Honestly, it's it's so much better than I remembered it being because of how bad what I just saw was. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. And I haven't seen uh, the the fourth one, so I can't God compare damn, them. But I I remember two just being like, "What the fuck, dude!" If you want to enjoy it more, watch the new one, then go back, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, there were cool things about this." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. All right, because honestly, man, like if you watch that movie and don't get sucked in by some of those action beats, uh-huh. you need to check for a pulse. Ooh, Ooh damn, you might be dead. You might be dead. Because okay. some of the action stuff and like fight choreography in there is still wicked as shit, dude. All right. So fucking cool. Yeah, I do remember there. there's like the big Agent Smith fight scene, right? Or is that three? I think that's the third one. Okay, I'm mixing both of these okay. movies up. I'm glad, though, yeah. that it's not just me because in my head... yeah. I was thinking the huge, like, talk with the architect and shit right. that is confusing as hell and makes no sense. I right. was like, that happens at the end of the third one. Yeah. No, it's in the second movie. Oh. I know. It got to that part in the movie, and I was okay. like, wait, wait, wait. I thought I was watching the second one. Now, the rave happens in the third one, right? Rave happens in the second one. Do what? I know, right? It's like, well, what is in the third one then? Yeah, what the fuck happens? I don't remember. Clearly, none of us do. This is like Mandela effect shit. Okay, are the weird, the weird dreadlock twins in the second or third They're in the one? second one. What? I know. And okay, like the huge am, like interstate yeah, fight scene. I don't scene. remember any of that. I remembered that scene. I, I thought that was the third one. Yeah, but, yeah. So what is in the third one? I'll let you know when I get okay, there. Okay. Because yeah. the thing is, is I, I, I watched that movie on a Friday and then on a Saturday while I was like getting ready for a Skankbanger show, mm-hmm. I put on The Matrix Revolutions, which is the third one. Uh-huh. I just put it on while I was like getting ready and having some food before the show. I was like kind of halfway paying attention to it mm-hmm. and then I had to go in the other room to do my makeup and stuff so yeah. like after the show I came back home and I was just kind of snuggling with the dogs and everything and I was like I'll just restart this movie and then I like promptly fell asleep on the couch <laughs> and then the next day I was like okay let's start it over one more time and maybe I can watch it before my wife gets home because mm-hmm. she absolutely does not want to watch it and I just didn't watch it yeah that makes sense yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you know whatever the hell is in the third one. Okay, because cool. I can't think I'm of excited. anything that would be left. Everything I, I thought was in the third one happened in the second one. I, I don't know. Doesn't Trinity kiss him back to life in the third one? I think that's that not happens. the second one, right? I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, like I said, either way, majestic compared to the new one. Okay. It really makes me even hate the new one even more. <laughs> Because the fight choreography and everything in this new one is just such bullshit. Okay. It is like if I tried to do fight choreography and plan uh, out a cool fight scene. It's bad. It's terrible. Yikes. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. And uh, we had ourselves just a good, relaxing Saturday afternoon fun watch. We watched old Tower Heist the other day. Tower Heist. It's fun. I've never seen it. Dude. It's got it's, it's got good. some people in it. It's got a ton of people in it. you got a and Ed a Murph. Uh-huh. You've got a Case Affleck. It is directed by one of the worst directors of all time, Brett Ratner. Burt Ragnar. Yeah, Brett Ratner. Mm-mm. Are you sure? He directed X-Men 3. <laughs> so let's just talk so about yeah, that. He's one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. That does kind of settle it. Not a perfect movie, but I'll say especially for like a Saturday or Sunday matinee, you yeah. could do worse. Okay. Not okay. all that bad. Not all yeah, that bad. all right. What about you? What have you been on? Dude, I've watched so much stuff. Oh, you've been yeah. stuff watching. Do I need to get a pull before you get into this? Yeah, stuff? let's get a pull. My, I got a little bit of a what do you call it? A desert in my throat. Oh, the old desert throat. The old desert throat. 
Oh, Operation yeah. Desert Throat, it's called <laughs> over here. Oh, Jesus. Operation Desert Throat. That does not throat. sound good. <laughs> yeah, America wanted to suck Saddam Hussein's dick real bad. <laughs> Desert Throat. I've got ourselves an untitled art Blackberry Cobbler a la mode that I got from Quartz dude, down in the old city. I'm excited. Nashville. I love a Blackberry Cobbler. Yes, yeah. dude. A la mode too. This is going to be pretty awesome. Untitled yeah. art rarely disappoints, man. They make yeah. some beers that fuck. Yeah, I, I imagine. I, I just feel like this has to have been every kid in East Tennessee's experience, but you, you go pick you some wild blackberries. Like you do. Hell from the yeah. Yard, mm, down just by the find, creek. Yeah, just find a big old fucking... And, and you stick the shit out of yourself with those Ooh, stickers. Oh, Lord, they're bad, But they're man. so good. They're so you just fucking keep good, man. You just keep eating. Totally, totally yeah. worth it. Did you uh, have more of a cobbler or of a crunch as a Southern boy? We were a crunch family. Oh, where okay. Have, like, I do oatmeal. like, yeah, that's great. I like What that you're better. saying right now, I, I would agree with you, is better. But we had cobbler, yeah. Yeah, cobbler's yeah. like a little bit more doughy kind yeah, of. Yeah, it is. I think, I think a peach cobbler is better. But a peach a crunch, crunch, yes. Yes, but when you're talking about blackberries, or maybe even blueberry, no, blueberry crumble is where that's at. Yeah, there's blueberry. all these like definitions of a crumble versus a yeah. crunch versus a cobbler. Yeah, uh-huh. And there's like a bunch of other ones, too, where some of them have like the doughy part on the inside and right. outside and the sides, and that's something different. Yeah. I saw like a chart recently of all the differences, uh-huh. and it's almost like those espresso charts where it's like, well, if it's this <laughs> right. much foam to milk uh-huh. to coffee, it's this, but if yeah. it's this different ratio, it's something completely different. And you're like, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Taco Bell, yeah. how they just take a few different ingredients and make them different ways, and Pretty much. it's all delicious. But an apple, an apple has to be a crunch to me. Yeah, with that oatmeal and a scoop of ice cream. <sighs> Man, god damn, I could go for that right now. <laughs> yeah, we got to stop talking about this and try <laughs> yeah. this beer because I was just, I really was just thinking like I could probably make some like apple yeah. cinnamon thing when I go. So this is the Blackberry Cobbler a la mode. Uh, judging by the Ooh. name, I was kind of expecting it to be a stout or something, mm-hmm. but it's actually a Berliner Weiss-style ale so with blackberry puree, kind of high-crust and like, fruity, kind of soury smell, smell to it. Mm-hmm. And it is a really dark berry color. Yeah. You can't oh, see yeah. through it at all. No. This Real looks- cloudy. Real murky. 6.5%. On the nose, you can definitely smell the blackberry. You can smell the cinnamon in there, too. Is that good? Dude, that is so good what it is good god that is awesome it tastes like blackberry it tastes exactly like blackberry yes because it's got like the creamy like lactose oh. sort of bit thing going on but giving like, you that vanilla ice cream yeah. kind of flavor mm-hmm. oh man but the tartness of the of the blackberry and stuff yeah, is still there like overly sweet because of their, that tartness there like kind of balances it out whoa mm-hmm. But again, like the cinnamon and the pie crust flavor is there yeah. too, giving you that kind of it's crunchy streusel. Man, that is so good. Good lord! Way to go, Untitled Art. Yeah, man, I'm gonna buy a bunch more of this because they had a couple more cans of it. You definitely should. I'm fucking <laughs> it's, it's really that. good. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Seriously, that this is like some Willy Wonka shit. Yeah, that, it's like how is uh-huh. this giving me all these flavors? How does it taste like snozberries? Yeah, yeah. For real, right? It's kind of like what we talked about with <laughs> the. Um, what was it? The Southern Tier Pumpkin Nitro Stout, right? The, yeah, how that uh, tastes one. exactly like a piece of pumpkin or pumpkin pie and yeah. coffee. Yeah, yeah, but it's that like layered flavor. Yeah, where, where you can yeah, taste the individual elements. Out. Yeah, really I like weird. It a lot. That's fucking great, man. Way to go, man. Okay, so what have you been watching on here? Okay, uh, so Desert yeah, Throat. Ton, ton, ton of stuff. Um, on uh, Friday night, we watched a movie called Bus Party to Hell. Ooh, this sounds good. Bus Party to Hades. I'm on board. Uh, so it's about some people getting into a party bus. 
Like you do. And uh, they're on their way to Burning Man. All right. This is uh-huh. a good setup. All right. It is. It's a good setup. And it's, it's you know, basically a party bus plus uh, Hills Have Eyes. All right. So, yeah. you get on board. Uh, yeah. Pretty interesting. Um, it is almost a softcore porn. Oh, it's a semi-softcore. like crazy. It is so (laughs) wall-to-wall boobs. Oh, man. It has has some funny moments in it, but mostly just like, this is just boobs, huh? This is just like, there is a scene that looks like unsimulated sex for sure. (laughs) I'm not complaining about any of this. I'm just saying this has been like the evolution of the screaming chat to the creaming fap. Oh, yeah. There you go. Ooh, the creaming fap. I I did not choose this movie because I knew this. YouTube suggested it to me because I watch all these stupid fucking movies for screaming chat. So I I played the first couple minutes and I was like, oh, yeah, this looks like the type of debauchery we'd like. Yeah. And then, like, watching it, it was just like, oh, like, tits out the whole time. But it's so on, many tits. It's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Well, it's a rip. It's not a legal rip, obviously. Okay, yeah. yeah. But still, it's you, boob. That's rare. Yeah, for find sure. find a boob on the tube. It's very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> also, the monster looks pretty fucking good, honestly. like You're describing a lot of, like, victories here. It yeah, sounds like I, this is pretty good. I mean, I, I it wasn't good, but, like, there were shining moments to it also tara reads in it oh okay for Say a no brief more, moment <laughs> for a, she's not even attached to any of the stuff that's going on with the party bus it's just like oh w- uh, we got tara reed for the afternoon there's something about having a tara reed guest appearance in your movie that somehow makes it trashier than having her in there for the whole movie <laughs> Where it just kind of says, like, we're the kind of movie that would love to have her the whole time, but, but we, can't we can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford it. <laughs> Which somehow makes it trashier. Oh, oh man. I, I mean, there's a, there's like a, there was a cute blooper of her at the end. I mean, it, it, it seemed like everybody had a good time making it, and that that's fun. I do not recommend it unless you're looking for jerk-off material and... You can't get on porn sites. <laughs> You're limited to YouTube only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, Jack of All Graves had their watch along, and they did Leprechaun in the Hood. Leprechaun which, in the Hood. Yes. And let me tell you, uh, our pal Anna, uh, who I've talked about before, Anna Martin, she is a completionist, and she had not seen any of the Leprechaun movies. Nor have I. So she could not possibly just watch leprechaun in the hood she had to watch the four before it that's what i would do leading up so uh following her her journey through those movies it was real fun on instagram oh lord and then yeah we we had a blast um just making fun of it because it's terrible it's real bad does it have jennifer aniston doing a rap no it it does have raps in it all right real bad ones (laughs) like they were written (laughs) by somebody who hates rap oh good like it has the vibe of your dad turning his hat sideways in the 80s oh oh yeah that's a clear mental picture but ice t's in it why yeah like why would you have an actual good rapper in your movie where no one's gonna rap also at one point and this is like the Tara Reed thing. At least she was like, there's some story to it. Coolio shows up and it's just like, hey, there's Coolio. The end. Oh, he doesn't. He's like 
off in the distance. He may have just like come like shown up at like the set because somebody was there. He was like meeting or something, and they were like, "Fuck, get a shot of him real quick." Hey, there's Coolio. Hey, there's Coolio. That and was that's it. the extent of it. That is the extent of it. It is. I wish more movies did that. Imagine if that happened in fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know, yes, Legolas. Coolio showed what up you, in Lord of the Rings. What do I see? It's Coolio. I want that Moving to on. become a meme. It's just Coolio showing up. Anywhere. In, anywhere. In anything. Yeah. It's Coolio. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a blast. And then, uh, yeah, on Sunday night we watched Edge of the Axe, which is on Shudder. The and Edge of the Ass. Yeah. It's uh, I, I would call it Spanish Giallo, because um, mm. it had it had uh, pieces uh, style. Mm-hmm, it had one of the guys from pieces, the the Hell mustachey yeah. Dean dude. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was in it and looking menacing. Of course. Um, and, and yeah, it was it was very Spanish Giallo, but it was bo- it wasn't as fun and interesting as pieces. Yeah, it, pieces it is just boring. so fucking bonkers. Yeah, but it had its good, it had its good moments for sure, but mostly it was just like eh. Yeah, I never heard of that. Not one. too great. There, there's a computer involved. And I love 80s movies with computers in them because it's always like the computer talks and you interact with the computer by just like Beep saying, bop, boop, boop, yeah, bop. you just say whatever you want. Yeah. And the computer's like, yes. <laughs> it's just like, dude, what? we need to do fucking evil speak on the show sometime with evil Clint Howard. Speak. Do you know that one? I know of it. I have not seen it. Is it a computer based one? Oh, dude, it's got it's got Clint Howard, old Rughead himself. Uh-huh. It's got a uh, satanic cult. It's got computers. Oh, okay. oh wait. Yes. I, yes. We watched evil speak on the screaming. Jack. I remember nice. this. Yes. When you do that on the show sometime. Oh, uh, man, it's fucking stupid. As shit. Stupid. Hell yes. yeah. <laughs> that made for a good one, I think. Yeah. Give me um, the garbage. <laughs> you love a garbage. That's what I want. I want yeah. the garbage. Uh, okay, I, I finished Archive 81, which I talked about oh, starting yeah. last week. Is and it good? I recommend it. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed Is it, it scurry? Yes. I mean, they're scary. Definitely scary moments. Uh, very scary seance moment, for sure. Okay. It was like... Uh, I, I would say it's more of a paranormal, like sci-fi interesting what's going on here type of thing what's the deal but it has its real good scary moments for sure hmm, all right that sounds it's cool yeah yeah it's uh mamadou ati and i can't think of anybody else in there that i know their name offhand but uh, acting's great uh story's very interesting keeps you keeps you guessing the whole time kind of and um it to me, I said last week, I hope this is like that they might they don't like try to drag this out too much. Yeah. And I did get that feeling with the last episode that they were like, oh, oh, this is going to have a season two. OK. Yeah. But I also by that point was like, oh, OK, I can see how this might work. So I, I'm a, I, I changed my mind a little bit on it where it was like, oh, OK, if they're going to do a season two, I'll watch it probably be cool word yeah is it a anthology style thing like a black mirror or no is it a no yeah that's, yeah that's what i was thinking is well no i thought it was going to be an anthology per season okay got yeah it. but yeah. no it, it is it's a it's a serial and um fucking yeah i really enjoyed it i, I thought it was cool nice. it was very creative um i also watched castle in the sky castly yeah in the ski mm-hmm. it's a okay. studio ghibli movie it's one of giblet movies yeah, it's huh? one of them giblet movies um Watching it blew my mind because I realized how much Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, and Tailspin all kind of pull some from from the animation style and, and 
some of the characterizations and stuff. I mean, it's got like a lot of airships and okay. air pirates and stuff, yeah. which you'll know from Tailspin, of course. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's got the the main pirate is a woman, and she's got her like dummy, uh, you know, crew. pirate crew, which is like the uh, mob eagle in uh, Ducktales. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, airships again in in Rescue Rangers, like. Also in Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy like, this yeah. Came, yeah, like I was convinced as a kid that airships were going to be like a much bigger thing in life. I really wish they were. I'm bummed that they're not. Frankly. Yeah, it's like anytime you want to show an alternate world, Fringe did this, where it's like you cut to the alternate world, they've got airships, airships. Yeah, obviously that would be the one thing that which everybody would change. Is of course we do airships again. Now let me ask you this: Does this continue the theme that I pointed out about? Uh, studio giblet movies uh-huh. where they're all about a kid <laughs> inhabiting a, a magical world and then getting a job uh what yeah uh, uh yeah, the, one of the, yeah one of the main kids has a job from the beginning and then they both become <laughs> pirates so that's a full-time job yeah it's a full-time job <laughs> so, more than yes. a lifestyle that's a full-time job they work their asses off <laughs> jesus man okay so i am reigning correct yeah you're correct so far every studio ghibli movie i've seen has had kids working jobs kid get a job all right get ready for the real world correct. jackass but yeah i really enjoyed that one definitely worth checking out nice Gorgeous. Um, also watched L.A. Confidential. Dude, that has been on my to-watch list for, like, fucking years. I know that that's one of those movies yeah. that's supposed to be amazing and has a lot of great people in it, and I just... You know what I do? Instead of watching it, I continue to don't watch it. Oh, that's where you're messing up. I'm is, doing a don't watch. Yeah, you're doing a don't watch, and you need to, like, flip the switch there do to a, a do, do watch. watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do a do watch. Do okay. a do watch. Right, do a do watch. Hey, hey, cruising for burgers. <laughs> cruising <laughs> for burgers. Yeah. That yeah. was a 1950s thing. You go cruising up and down the strip for a burger. The weird thing is, is I wish I could claim that was original. Frank Zappa, just completely out of nowhere, uh-huh. released a record by a fake band called Ruben and the Jets. Uh-huh. And it was called Cruising for Burgers. And it was a doo-wop album. Burgers. It's it just really all doo wop. It makes no fucking sense. That's very funny. I think it's Re- Reuben and the Jets. But anyway, yeah, cruising for burgers. Cruising for burgers. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> but yeah, LA Confidential, um, it's set in, oh, is it, uh, 50s. It'd be 50s um, LA. We're dealing with the police corruption, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Covered wagon times. Covered wagon times, 1950s. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's it's awesome. You really do need yeah. to, to check it out. It, it's still great. Does it still have works. all the stars of Hollywood in it? Uh, Russell Crowe, Guy Pierce, Fighting round the world, uh, Russell Crowe. Everyone's favorite uh, absolute piece of shit, Kevin Spacey. Fuck you, Kevin Spacey. Uh, Kim Basinger. She won, a, she won an Academy Award for it, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Danny DeVito. Well, hell, yeah, Frank mm-hmm. Reynolds, yeah. So, fucking, yeah, you should get on that one. That one's right. that one's a good one. All right, this beer is still blowing my mind. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I'm like already getting sad about the idea of it being gone. I, I'm going <laughs> to miss you, Untitled Art, Blueberry Cobbler Alamo. <laughs> I need another beer to drink. A lot of singing in this episode. People are gonna love it. Yeah, people are gonna love that. I've been man. listening to a lot of Randy Travis. And oh, Sammy yeah. Sammy Kershaw lately. Oh, dude, Randy Travis. What a voice. Dude. Velvety. Velvety. Silken. Even. Yeah, 100%. Damn. Yeah, I've just been getting into that. Uh, well, it's called Neo Traditionalist Country. That Neo Traditionalist. Yeah, that kind of hit in the late 80s and the early 90s. Oh, you okay. had people like Sammy Kershaw and Randy Travis and stuff who were trying to sound like 
country. Not, not super glossy and like, poppy. Yeah, the yeah. radio stuff. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's like guys like Sturgill are kind of modern examples. Exactly. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Only now, he's gone fucking weird. Yeah. Of <laughs> and course. I love it. Yeah. That's the best stuff. <laughs> cool, man. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, the the subject of today's show is none other than the lovin' and witchin' and I'm mm-hmm. slipping a bunch of ends in the words lovin right and now. And the lovin' and witchin' and mm-hmm. and in this movie, mm-hmm. we got this woman, this dang old witch of the devil. Uh huh. That's true. Witches are of the devil. Uh huh. What's going around seducing men using her witchly wiles? That's devilry. It got me thinking about some stuff that I would like to talk about in the preview. Pal, I'm excited. Steve. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Uh-huh. Now, here's the deal. I'm springing this on you. I just told I you. I had myself an idea. Okay. And you said, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, don't shock tell me. me you shock said. me, yeah. Shock me, you said. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to, to lay it to you, shock you, give you a surprise Preview Palace. Now, Steve, this woman, this Elaine, mm-hmm. what's the main witch in this movie, she uses her abilities and know-how as a woman of the devil, which is to say, my favorite kind of woman. Yeah, those are the best type. To get herself a man. Mm-hmm. She uses all kinds of things. She uses potions. Yeah, potions. She uses seductive uh, uh, practices yeah, and she, techniques. A seductive dance. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You're damn right she does. It got me kind of thinking about man alive. If there was a witch out there, what was trying to bewitch me and you uh-huh. and seduce us... Maybe even make us leave the ones we're with, start a new relationship. Man, what would she have to do in order to do that? Okay. I've got a five-question program here that I'd like to get I'm to the excited. bottom of. I can't wait to find out to what find these questions out are. What this witch is going to need to do to seduce me and you mm-hmm. rhymed. That was good rhyming. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't even practice. Whoa. Wow. Now, Steve, this witch... Mm-hmm. She's been known to use something, what's called a witch bottle. Okay. A witch bottle. Right. She filled this thing up with her dang old pee-pee mm-hmm. and a bunch of other magical herbs. There might have been some crystals and some There's blood a couple and of all kinds of there. things. Some tampons mm-hmm. in there. All kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Golly gee, it got me thinking about, man, what kind of witch bottle would work on me? I'm going to tell you about mine. Tell me about your witch bottle. What all is going to go in a big old jar of witch piss, which I think <laughs> I need to start a fucking band called Witch Piss, witch piss right is, Yeah, now. Witch Piss sounds hard as fuck. I mean, fucking tour with Corpse Master. Witch Piss is opening for Corpse Master as if anybody wouldn't go to that show. Come on. Guys, I think Witch Piss is even better than Corpse Master. It's fucking badass. Yeah. I'm thinking for myself. If there's a, a a witch out there trying to get me with a jar of her fucking piss and a witch bottle. Mm-hmm. What's it going to have? Which, by the way, <laughs> just a little preview of the movie talk. Yeah. I'm impressed as hell that that witch was able to fucking apparently just like one shot like a quart of piss into a bottle. Yeah. That's that was a badass. Lot. That was a lot of piss. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't think truckers have that kind of bladder capacity. No, no, but she... <laughs> She was ready. <gasps> what if trucker bombs are just witch bottles in the making? <laughs> what if truckers are witches? What if no? It's, it's truckers inviting witches to make <laughs> bottles. Like here, I'll find you. Here's a freebie for you. <laughs> Got one started. It's an old Gatorade bottle. That's fine. You you take a couple of them pine tree scented things, uh-huh. stick them in there. Yeah. Maybe 
Maybe some candy from a gas station. <laughs> Get you some peach rings. Get put them in peach there. Rings, put them in. That's a trucker's <laughs> witch bottle. Yeah. Get you something going. Uh-huh. <laughs> power pisser, that Elaine. I'll yeah, tell you that. Real. One of them power pisses you heard about. I think for myself, if a witch was going to start assembling a collection of things like like some uh, some vital herbs and plants yeah. and some precious items and minerals and so on. They love mm-hmm. them crystals and so on. Yeah, they love that stuff. I think she's going to stuff some Thai basil in there to get a Ben Eller first things okay. first. Okay, yeah. I just can't resist it. No, who could? Basil, that kind of licorice anise sort of flavor, mm-hmm. that's going to allure me. Yeah. Even if it isn't a quarter piss. <laughs> Power shot, possibly from a trucker piss. Yeah, possibly. Those aromatics, that Thai basil, <laughs> kind of get to it's really me. really going to improve the, the whiff off of it, I I'm bet. pretty sure, man. I think she could drop some tiger's eye in there. I love a beautiful... Look, I'm wearing tiger eye earrings oh, right now, okay. man. I got my little tiger eye earbuds. You're a tiger bombs. eye fan? I'm one of them fans. I would fucking just drape myself in tiger eye given the possibility. Just I don't even know myself. how that would work, but just I'd dripping. love to see it. Just dripping it. Dripping in it. Mm-hmm. I think she could probably have a handful of maybe some new guitar picks floating around in that thing, too. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, well, I ain't tried that one. I got to try that thing out. Mm-hmm. What was that? Is that a Jazz XL with the, the multi-grip on there? All right. <laughs> Let me see it. I'd, I'd probably reach in there and it's wash it off. already. I mean, you are, you I'm are interested. drawn I'm in by this bottle of piss. Yeah. yeah, I'm imagining like there's some rare exotic picks in there. Mm-hmm. I would have to try those out. No, for sure, yeah. There might even be like a sunken like overdrive pedal in the bottom of there. Something I ain't seen, like a like a TS9 or TS808, just some kind of cool tube screamer. Okay. It'd be ruined in account of it sitting in a piss and all, but <laughs> I'd still like to have it. <laughs> I'd fish it out there and piss covered and all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe I soak it in a bag of rice or something. That'll do it. Rice gets the piss out. Maybe it'd be fine. I mean, the thing is, dude, is like my pedal board with like Skank Banger, for example, mm-hmm. it gets fucking so much beer spilled on it. I bet. All the time. Like every show, somebody just fucking waterfalls my damn pedal board with mm-hmm. beer. Everything still works fine. Could right. be worse. It might be fine then. It might survive some witch piss. It might. And I also think if she really wants to get me, there might be a bootleg white snake tape with Steve I on guitar, something from like 1990 to 91. There might be just an old cassette floating around in there. That would definitely ensnare my senses. Yeah. I think to draw me in, the first thing is probably <laughs> just don't put piss in there. <laughs> don't piss in it. Yeah. Let's let's start. What's well, going to well, be the medium then? Uh, Bourbon. Okay. Just, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get to that later. Let's just okay. assume it has to be pissed. Oh, it has to be pissed. That's the okay. starting point. I'm gonna make sure she's well hydrated. <laughs> um, That's true. Honestly, yeah. her, her witch bottle was showing signs of dehydration. <laughs> they ain't uh, serving nothing good up at that tea room. They need some water. And I think I mean Thai basil. That's that's it's a good start. That's good start. Good but but uh, let me tell you about just. Whole head of garlic in there. Oh man, that's a good start. Yeah, there that we go. That lures me in real good. Some some piss marinated garlic. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I uh, get the witchcraft going. <laughs> Hail Satan. She probably put a little creatine, some beta alanine in there. Oh, too. maybe some protein, some branch chain amino acids. Oh, you love that yeah, stuff. You can't yeah. resist. Man. I'm gonna fucking end up drinking this piss. I guess she wants to help you get ready for a workout to get that kingly bod. Yeah, uh-huh. obviously she's uh-huh. helping. Thanks, I say <laughs> to her. So long, and thanks for all the piss, <laughs> witch. <laughs>
<laughs> so long and thanks for all the piss yeah 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 i think i think those things and hell maybe throw a tampon in there for fun maybe why not yeah seem to really liven up the mood seal the deal yeah some is there, rosemary some tampons <laughs> is there is there like a, a mineral or a rock she might throw in there for you oh you know i they said if you want something sharp in there to keep the evil spirits away so maybe like an obsidian uh arrowhead oh like yeah. when you might dig up in old backyard area. yeah we went out in the woods and found some arrowheads that's just a good time. Brings you back to your childhood. It does, yeah. It's good. And that that's what I'm thinking of when I see a bottle of witch piss. Nice. Yeah. I like that, man. What's the next question? Because that one was something. <laughs> so the next question that we have on here is, you know, she's known to use a love potion. Uh-huh. A potion, a witchly concoction to lure in a man and make her fall in love with her. She hands a, an old boy a dang old flask of Lord knows what. Yeah, all it's sorts of stuff. It's got some hallucinogens. It's got yeah, all kinds of wild things in there. Uh, I don't think those are herbal supplements for your health. I'm pretty sure not. I don't think so, no. I don't think so. Yeah. What kind of a love potion mm-hmm. is she going to be handing you to get you just in the mood to fuck a witch, maybe? I don't know. In a mood to fuck a witch. Or fall in love with one, even. I mean, fucking spoiler alert, already in the mood to fuck a witch. How about that? <laughs> just start right yeah, there. start right there. Ain't got to work much. Um, I think, though, yeah, definitely some hallucinogenic uh, qualities to it. Okay, she's yeah. going to put you in, something in there to get you tripping balls. Yeah, like. you know, maybe... and. But, you know, also just something to, to uh, calm the nerves. So maybe just like a nice chamomile tea. Oh, that's your starting base. Just like okay. a fuck ton of shrooms. Oh, just look Just steeped out. in there with it. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty good there start. There we go. And then I drink that and off to the races. I like that, man. <laughs> off to the races, they say. Yeah, how about you? I think you can get at me pretty easy. If you got any kind of a concoction, what involves some really... High quality, high proof of dry whiskey and a whole fuck ton of Angostura bitters. You yeah. might just be able to hand me a flask of Angostura bitters and be like, I made this. And I'd be like, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> that was enough. Just a flask yeah. of Ango. I would probably drink the whole thing and then vomit profusely. Yeah, that sounds likely. But, but Angostura yeah. bitters. Hey, man, I get so it. so good. And it, it's it's herbal. It's got all sorts of stuff in it. It does. It's basically a witch's brew. Probably good for you. Probably. Probably. I think you could probably also toss in maybe a little bit of a THC tincture in there if you want to get my oh, mind yeah. just going crazy, but not too much. Because then... I've had bad times. Yeah, okay. That will not make me fall in love with anybody Yeah, if I'm losing my mind crazy. So maybe just a little bit, just yeah, a dash. Be, just calm it down on, on the tincture, but definitely add it. Yeah, have it there, Yeah, but just a Susan. A gotcha. Susan, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> want, let's just get this straight. You want a basically a bottle of bitters <laughs> and a splash of THC. Yeah. <laughs> Any questions? Nope. Not not one. <laughs> nope. Sounds great. Now she ensnares this one man mm-hmm. by using her feminine wiles and performing a sexy dance. <laughs> That's one way to put it. She does. It's a dance. It's a dance, <laughs> for sure. She takes off her clothes like and mm-hmm. shows her crazy rainbow jacket she's wearing inside. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. His senses are just doggone and snurred. It got me thinking about, well, what kind of a sexy dance might a witch have to do to make an effect on me? Now, here's the thing. Yeah. I got a couple different ways you could get at me. 
I was thinking okay. about some silly ones. I was like, I was the like, macarena. like a macarena, yeah, uh-huh. sure. Maybe even a cha-cha slide. Uh-huh. You know, that's always going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think a witch would have to appeal to my nerdy sensibilities. Okay. Maybe you got two options here. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can do a shot by shot, move by move recreation of Uma Thurman's dance scene from Pulp Fiction with John Travolta. Oh, yeah? You give me a little bit of them fingers across the eyes like uh-huh. and stuff, and I'm like, man, they're actually nailing this it move sex. by move. This is working for me. Uh-huh. That might work. Okay. I think the one that's really going to get me going for a witch, though. Let's, I'm excited. I think if if just a, a, a woman of the devil just come up upon me and she move by move recreated the dances of all the different monsters and creatures in the Daft Punk Around the World video <laughs> in order. <laughs> that you would know? do it, huh? She comes out doing the skeleton man thing uh-huh. and then she starts doing the astronaut moves and stuff right? and then there's like, there's all the different creatures in that video. These th- that video gave you a boner. You were watching that and you were like, if a woman were doing that. A witch. If a witch. Specifically. Yeah, if a witch were to be doing those dances, who would he? She could just fly me away. <laughs> fly me away on her broom, I would say. I fly away. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Around the world. Around the world. Move by move recreation. Okay, that's going to do it Full for Full length of the song. All right. All right. That would work for I me. I mean, hey, you know, to each uh, their own. <laughs> I don't know that that would work for me, but whatever. You got to appeal to my sensibilities. Yeah. Like, Man, yeah. You, you remember that video too? That's sick. Uh-huh. Okay, so I um I can't think of any particular dance. I mean, maybe, you know, the Roger Rabbit or the Patty Duke or something. Oh, maybe the Bartman even. Do the Bartman. Do the Bartman. Yeah, do the, the Bartman. The Patty Duke. The Patty Duke, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Real old school you are. You're very yeah. old fashioned. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it would be more of the vibe of the dance. It could be the Macarena for me. Ooh, yeah. If you sell it right. Got to sell it right. You got to come correct. Mm. How do you do that? Okay. Start naked. Okay. That's the starting Don't point. Don't tease me. Straight Just to the start point. get to the point. I'm naked. Now Dance times. Hey, Macarena. That's good. Because at that point, it's like, yes, I am in the mood. Yay. All right. Sidebar. What happened that that was a hit song? Macarena? All of America did not know the words or the meaning of the song. No. And yet, that was the biggest goddamn thing ever. I guess I did the same thing as fucking Gangnam Style. Maybe that's the move. No, yeah. Oh, Gangnam yeah. Style. Yeah. Which? Th- then we found out Psy uh, doesn't like America. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's awesome. He's just like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is good. Yeah. So it's all so about it, kind of... Yeah. For me, it's the vibe. It's the because vibe. I, I, that, I think, and we'll talk about it in the movie a little bit more, I think that's kind of what they say when they're in the, you know, that... Uh, what is it, a burlesque club or whatever? Yeah, I think so. That, I that guess. Way. It seems to be the only bar in town. Yeah, because when those two uh, blonde uh, chicks are dancing or whatever, it's not like sexy, but it conveys the point. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. hey, we're hot. Like, is the point, I guess. So even just like a good like hand jive could really get you going. Somebody doing a, a good, good hand jive. A good hand jive could be the end. <laughs> that's, that's what we're going for, Doing right? the hand jive and it's like, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. <laughs> 
Okay, I get it. All right, that works. That works. Yeah. All right, so we're through the dance portion of the night. Now, uh huh. I think it might have been after the dancing. She also served this man up a witchly feast. Yeah. Uh huh. It seemed like all this guy needed was some non-seasoned steak and it looked like maybe a steamed broccoli i think it was just steamed broccoli yeah it was a very 50s dinner it was wasn't Mm -hmm. it it was very much so a very keto dinner oh furthering Uh. my idea that all villains are keto characters i mean most disney villains are very skinny Mm Hmm. sounds right i know you might be right i know i am Mm -hmm. so anyway what kind of a witch feast Okay. Might a witchly woman have to cook you yeah. up to ensnare you and lead you towards the side of El Diablo? Yeah, you know, I think it would have to be something like because I, I, I have recently gotten into baking, but I am not great at baking. Okay, and I, I am always happy when someone else bakes a confection or something mm. for me mm-hmm. because it's like, I, I didn't want to go through baking is a lot of trouble it sure is it feels like yeah but yeah so like maybe something like just a simple meal uh you know that steak seemed fine to me i know right (laughs) yeah i mean that steak seemed fine but really like uh maybe bring some homemade bread oh man maybe we finish with some nice gooey brownies or something like fucking hang on bring the baked goods is what i'm saying that's gonna get me i think that you and i see eye to eye here because as a fellow cooksman Mm -hmm. we are both men what like a cook yeah and are quite good at a cook it's true we used to cook each other lunches in college we're cute we were we are who am i kidding (laughs) And, uh, man, like, as people that like to cook, it's like, well, what do you want somebody to cook you? I'll tell you what, I want somebody to cook me. Something that I don't cook or yeah. don't know how to cook or yeah. have never made. Yeah, exactly. Something that I, if I did it, it wouldn't be as good as you doing it. Yep. I'd rather have your dish that's going to fucking blow me away that yep. I have not made before. Better than I could do anyway, man. Yeah. I'll give you some example. Uh, my wife is the steak master general in these parts. Okay. I do a lot of the cooking, but anytime it's a steak kind of night... She's got to do it. She is at the helm, man. Because I just... I don't know, man. There's something about it that I'm just not that great at it. Hmm, Okay. I think that I just kind of rush things too much. Yeah, you can't rush a steak. Yeah, I know. So I don't know what the deal is, but I don't do a steak real good at all. But man, when she fires up one, oh, it'll get good to you. Yeah. Same with... And again, this is a fucking staple. This is simple as hell. I've never been like a grilled cheese maker. I... I love a good grilled cheese. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a good bit of time. You got to If you really, do it right. You got to do it. Yeah, to do it right. It's it's a hassle, I feel like. You got to be heating up that cast iron. Yeah. You got to be fresh shredding some cheese or fresh yeah. slicing some cheese, mm-hmm. not using some prepackaged garbage. No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do for that. Sure. Something I've never really done, but she yeah, has okay. a way of getting... The bread just so perfectly crispy and buttery. And That's golden, where I always kind of fail. Yeah, like I always kind of fail because it's never as, like the right type of crispy I want. Yeah, it's yep. never right there. And so if somebody made me a good one, Woo. hell yeah. Yep. Same with my, my my wife's pho. Oh yeah. I've never made good pho stuff. on my own, but Kate's pho is like actually literally the best that I've ever had. Awesome. Yeah. So that's definitely part of how she got me on the side of the devil. So <laughs> I can say from experience, this would work. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, something I can't make or don't know how to make. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I want from a witch. 
All right, finally, our last question in this seduction odyssey <laughs> of a love witch trying to take us yeah. and our kingly selves. She goes with this man, Griff, right. on a dang old horseback ride. Uh-huh. And where do they go to? A festival? <laughs> Renaissance fair in the middle of the woods, yeah. A Renaissance fair festival kind of thing? Yeah. What kind of event... Is a woman going to take you on, or a witch, could be anything really, mm-hmm. going to take you to to seal the deal yeah. and get you even in a fake marriage ceremony? I'll tell you this, it definitely ain't going to be no kind of music fair. If I no. have some witch that's just like, hey, me and my crystals are going to go to Bonnaroo, <laughs> I'd be like, I'll see you when you get back. Me and my crystals are going uh-huh. Yeah. I'll see you later. I don't want to watch some Is she taking bands. all of them? Yeah, all of them. Holy shit. She's she got to buy sa- two tickets. she got a sack full of crystals. Sack full of crystals. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, funny for people who know what crystal yeah. burgers are. Yeah. It's kind of like a White Castle. Yeah, it's like White Castle. Yankees. Yeah. Deal Damn with it. Yankees. Damn Yankees. Yeah. Maybe crystal is run by witches. Hmm. That mm. wouldn't explain much. No. But okay, maybe. <laughs> sack full. <laughs> Because, I mean, if some witch wants to go sleep in a tent and live in the mud for a while, I ain't here for it. That okay. is not for me. But I'll tell you what, if she took me to that that dang badass punk rock flea market that we had down here in the old city not uh-huh. too long ago. That'd do it for Over you. at the Millen Mine, now we're talking. Okay. That's a little event she could take me to that would get me on board. Because this thing, man, was cool as hell. Okay. It was all a bunch of long-haired, freaky people. <laughs> Selling their wares. They need not apply, that's uh-huh. for sure. No, just go straight to the punk yeah. rock flea market. And it was awesome, man. It was all people selling like horror-related merchandise mm-hmm. and VHSs and cool like, you know, homemade t-shirts and stuff, vintage okay. shit. That was fucking cool. Now, I kind of feel like I'd like uh, uh, the witch to pack up her crystals and take me to go live in the mud. That just, just go mudding. Fun. Let's just go mudding. Go mudding. Yeah. Go down to the lake bed. That sounds fun. Yeah, Bonnaroo sounds fun. I'd do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What else? Uh, I don't really like events like that too either. much uh-uh. either. So it would have to be something. You know what would be nice? Like a, an Oktoberfest type oh, of thing. Oh, a beer fest kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, go get drunk and eat some, some fucking sausage. Ooh, that, then, that would work. Then, of course, sexy times are kind of off the table. Because you're bloated from beer and sausage. But still, it'd it's be a, a fun time. It's a bonding experience. Mm-hmm. I like that. That yeah. would work, man. Dang. I think it'd be pretty easy for a witch to get a hold of one of us. We're men of basic needs and oh, basic I, wants. I absolutely. We'll get into it in uh, the movie portion. But, uh, yeah, I I, I am, what, what would I call myself? I'm witch bait, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I am, too. I, am I think I'm bait. also just an easy target for a witch to come and get me <laughs> yeah. along. Be sure to mail us your jars of piss yeah. to P.O. Bo- I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the link description thing. I'll put it down in there. But Since please don't mail jars. us jars of piss. No, I would no, really like it don't. if you didn't. No. I would really rather you did not. All right, Steve, we are here today to be talking about the... Lovi Witka. That's right. The you pronounced Lovie it all correct. Witka. And I think before we do that, we need to crack open we need a drink one of beer. beer. It is a hard act to follow this shit. Yeah, that was amazing. That untitled art was seriously amazing. But I have got um, a leftover beer from our December Christmas beer exchange at Otis and Friends. This is a Hitachino Nest Sweet Stout product of Japan. This mm-hmm. is uh, brewed and bottled by the uh, Kiyuchi, K-I-U-C-H-I, Kiyuchi, mm-hmm. I don't okay. know, brewery, 
I'm excited to try this here. I've never had a Japanese stout of any kind. I, I've had this beer brand. You could find it pretty readily in, in Los Angeles, but I had not had their stout. Did you ever drink this underneath the Hollywood sign? Of course. That I mean, listen. That's, Where else would you drink a beer? Yeah, like what else are you going to do in L.A.? You go to the Hollywood sign, drink a beer. Yeah, like you do, man. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to checking this out. I think that they should call a Japanese stout a sumo. <laughs> what do you think? That's actually what do you think? hilarious. That it's a sumo. Great. It's a sumo, yeah. He's a stout feller. Let's pour this thing into a, a, a chalice, a witchly chalice right here. <laughs> Damn, it's a foamy motherfucker. It is. It is. It's been violent. It exploded when Ben opened it. It did. It was excited to see me, I yeah. guess. I don't exactly know why it would do that, because a stout isn't usually that foamy anyway. And it's, and just it's been... also been sitting on the table for 30 minutes and yeah. not being jostled at all. Huh. Yeah. Yours is pouring out a little bit smoother here, but yeah. mine mine got all the damn foam on this. Looks like one of those fucking cartoon portraits of what a beer looks like. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. That uh, ruined, like, the first few times that I had actual nice beer, I thought it was supposed to look like that because of cartoons. I know, right? And because, like, (laughs) cheers. Like, whenever, like... Yeah, it would always be fucking half a thing ahead. I'd be pissed as fuck if I got a beer and it looked like that, man. I gotta let this thing cool down a little bit over here. Yeah, it's gonna have to chillax. It's got some darkness going here. It smells pretty nice. It does smell like a stout, but a bit lighter, honestly. Yeah. It's got a little bit of a chocolatey aroma. Yeah, it's got a good smell to it. It's going to be a little bit before I can get into mine, but what's that do to you over there? I'm going to give it a little taste find out. Let's just see what it does. Let's dip your whiskers in that thing. Oh, that's good and chocolatey. Yeah? Yeah, that's just kind of... Um, it's kind of like real focused on that chocolatey note. There's not... There's a good like refreshingness to it. It's Unusual not like overly out. heavy, but okay. like good dark chocolatey. Oh, dude, it. it's only 4% alcohol. Mm. Just a That's whisper. That's why it feels so light. Okay. A whisper of booze in there. Yeah, but it, I mean, the the stout flavor is definitely there and really good, even though it's very light. Oh, you know, what? Well, that kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Um, I think there was like a Yungling stout mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. that they did a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it had kind of this light but chocolatey mm-hmm. kind of thing going for it, but it still had some of that bittersweet kind of stout sort of flavor. Tasted a lot like yeah. that. This is very drinkable. Like definitely it's not bad. could go through a couple of these, and it, d- it just wouldn't feel as heavy, even though no. it's a stout. It's it's about like the Yungling Black and Tan. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That is yeah, really similar to what that yeah. tastes like, man. Not bad. No, not bad at all. A pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice, actually, too, after that Blackberry one. Yeah, to follow up the, that, the, which is just like, God damn, even though it's good. not overly sweet, as I said, it's just dessert. Yeah. That is just a fucking dessert drink. So good, yeah. man. So this here movie come out in a 20 and 16. Yep. And I think you've done seen it a time or two before, ain't you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's one of those movies that I would say is hard to describe and also hard hard to place exactly what my feelings were on it before sitting down to do it for the show. I get that. Yeah, because even after I finished it for the first time, I was just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, uh, not, a lot of questions. You know, just so I'm not burying the lead, didn't love this movie, okay. honestly. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of the stuff as we go through here. But it is... It is hard to describe, and it is hard to describe the feel of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also one of those movies that's 
going to be pretty easy to see when some people will really like it and some people yeah. really won't like it. It yeah. is not like one of those ones where it says like, oh, if you don't like this movie, you don't have taste in movies. It's yeah. weird, man. It is. It's polarizing. It's very. I would say it's a very personal movie. I mean, it's sure. Anna Beeler is. She is taking all the things that she cares about and loves and bringing them to the the screen, and that you know that's artistic expression. That is creativity. That is something interesting. But that is not always something that is going to be entertaining to everyone. Sure. 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 Right. Sure. Um, and she had described it in interviews as being a, a autobiographical movie. Uh-huh. She wrote this after going through apparently some bad relationship stuff mm-hmm. and some nasty breakups. Yeah. So, yeah, it is very much her pouring herself into this mm-hmm. and doing that in the way of doing uh, literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> she, man, she goes real big. It, it is very much, it is, um, it is 60s uh, Hollywood. It, it is film it is harsh lighting like real hard lighting not harsh lighting it is a devotion to an aesthetic very everything is meticulously chosen um she she did all the paintings in her apartment she made the pentagram rug like just a dang old rug weaver every single thing in every single shot is very much controlled and decided and and has reason for what it is yeah Um, yeah so she she is she's made something that is a piece of art, and watching it, it you know it's two hours long. There there aren't like a lot of funny moments or anything. There, nope. you know, there's some good like tense moments, but a lot of like very fantastical moments. A lot of moments that are very expositional or really talking a lot about witchcraft and stuff like that, but like not. Not the most exciting thing. And no. some of the people, uh, you know, everybody is act acting in this very presentational style. Which presentational was, style. Yeah, okay. very popular in, like, 60s television and stuff. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays Griff, uh, Gian, Gian Keys. He, uh, he says, you know, he called it dragnet acting. Mm, just the facts, ma'am. Yeah, it's very, like, low-key, stripped down, very much just, like, presenting the lines and not it is not really not really drawing us into a lot of the characters and everyone in the movie is definitely on the same page there it's not as if there's just like <laughs> the main character talks this way and nobody else does it's like no i, th- I think that yeah. everybody involved probably did their fair share of studying of this style of presentation in this era of movie making yeah. and committed to acting exactly that way yeah which is not to say realistic <laughs> no, it's not realistic. It is very much trying to be a 60s Hollywood film movie that is just a sumptuous feast for the eyes, mm-hmm. but also has this central character that is very, uh, not only like gorgeous and uh, composed in the way she dresses, so like you're- I didn't const- notice. You're constantly kind of drawn to her, but she's also this very complex character- um, and, and we're getting so much of the information about her from her, so it's a, it's unreliable, and we don't really know. You know, some of the things that you see, you can't say for sure they happened. Well, she even starts the movie by talking about how her former uh, lover, Jeffrey, just died. And it's right. like, did he just die? He didn't just die, yeah. But from her perspective, 
That is why. That is what happened. He just died. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll definitely talk about that that unreliable narrative thing in here because I think there's a lot of ways that you can you can kind of read that. Yeah. Uh, but dude, in addition to directing the movie and like you said, making all the costumes and props, oh, yeah. this is uh, Biller beer, like also produced it. She mm-hmm. worked on soundtrack and stuff. She edited the fucking movie, which she she edited film. This is shot on thirty five millimeter. Yeah, and this is also she also did uh, uh, music like the the the. Um, the stuff at the Renaissance Fair, she wrote those songs. They sound like they come from that era, but she just wrote that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the the amount of dedication... She worked on this for six years. The amount of dedication to this, like... It really is. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of art. So to talk about it like a movie is hard. Because as, a, as a motion picture, it is... It is um, it is 60s pacing. It's 60s character style. It oh, is, yeah. It is not exactly what... We call people, entertainment. Well, in 2020, <laughs> it's not... Yeah, it's not what you, you would necessarily think of as, as a, a movie you could just go see in a regular theater. You definitely yeah. have to go to the independent theater to see something like this. But even then, like... You know, if you say something like Hereditary or something, you know, more the, the highfalutin horror movies that we have they also are more dedicated to the three-act structure and, and stuff like that this does have a three-act structure mm-hmm. but it, it meanders it, it lets itself like be loose sure. in a lot of ways that you would normally want to tighten up if you're trying to make ticket sales but if again if you're making a work of art why well, just, if it's made by you and it is 100% you and it's not for the audience and it's just for you, then it can just kind of be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. It's interesting whenever you encounter works like this that are one person's unadulterated vision. Yeah. Uh, there are many things in history that are these, you know, one man shows that are tremendous works of human achievement. I mean, mm-hmm. you could go all the way back to like Beethoven and Bach. Right. They weren't playing all the fucking instruments. They no. were writing everything. And even in the movie world, we got stuff like, I don't know, something like Evil Dead, for example. Like, like Sam Raimi just yeah. running the show on 100% of that. Uh, in the literary world, the works of, of Tolkien. Sure. And Tolkien probably could have used an editor. Probably maybe could have used a, a second set of hands on the thing, being like, that's cool, but maybe less. <laughs> but that wouldn't have been his thing. Then. It wouldn't have been 100% yeah. that person's vision. Yeah. I know. So there's part of me that... There's part of me that's kind of torn. I mm-hmm. mean, there's part of me that, you know, as somebody who who makes music, for example, I love having the control freak aspect where now with my home studio, I can sit down and record all the guitars and record all the bass. I don't play keyboards. No big deal. I can program them. I don't play drums. No big deal. I can program the drums to be exactly how I think they should be. Right. There's part of that control freak in me that loves hearing my 100% unadulterated vision of what should have come out and how it came out that way. Mm-hmm. There's part of me that is addicted to that. Mm-hmm. There's also part of me as somebody who's played in a lot of bands where I might have an idea for a song, I write it, I have an idea of how it should sound, and then you get together with the rest of the band and somebody brings something new to the table that I never would have imagined or envisioned. Mm-hmm. And rather than at me... Rather than it be me going like, oh, that's not how I thought that should go. It's like exciting in a completely new way where it's like, oh, that's not how I thought that should go. That's mm-hmm. sick. Like sometimes working with other people can be amazing where it goes in this direction that your imagination never would have. Yeah. And that can make it 
satisfying in a different way mm-hmm. than me just being like, this is 100% my idea. How fun. So I can see both sides of the coin here. Like I can I can look at this as far as this being uh, Biller's 100% representation and expression of her idea. Mm-hmm. I can also sit here and go, would have been more fun to watch if it had a second set of hands on it being like, yeah, but cut this. Move this mm. around. You know what I mean? So I can see both. But d- does she didn't want to make a movie that was fun to watch necessarily. <laughs> like that, yeah. It wasn't about that. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think I enjoy it. It is the pacing is different for sure. It's different. <laughs> but the storytelling is all there. I mean, you, you've got you've got a movie in there and you've got tension and stuff. It's all there. Yeah, it 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 just doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it's trying to be a, a statement rather than trying to include everyone in the the mix. Like, yeah, yeah. She, she's art she, doesn't have to welcome in everybody either. Right. Yeah, and I want to put that out for sure. Yeah. So that's what she's making. So yeah, what you're saying is she could have brought other people in and it could have changed it completely and made it a movie that you like yeah i would have liked that <laughs> but that's not that wasn't ever the intention sure. so why would that happen i know and again yeah. i can completely see both sides of that uh, well know? that's what i'm saying is there aren't two sides like no no at no point did she think i should do that she wasn't trying to make that ever mm-hmm. so like if okay if if you're saying there's a side of she should have done it differently that nobody would disagree that that might have made her more money, but that was never the intention. Like, oh yeah, and I'm not even it, talking commercial success. I mean, I even think that things can be creatively fulfilling and gratifying when someone brings something exciting and new to the table that wasn't your sure, idea. Sure, and and she, I mean, she definitely let go of more than she had in her first thing which was uh what is viva, it viva yeah. i didn't watch that did you watch any of that no she but she starred in it um and she she basically you know she saw that she could get more done if she outsourced to the actors and so working with um samantha robinson to develop the character of elaine did do what you're saying it did change some of what her vision was in a positive way yeah but Again, she's trying to tell a very personal story. So bringing someone else in, she still is going to try to retain as much of the personal elements as possible. So like uh, Samantha Ware Robinson wanted to do it a, a bit more campy. Mm-hmm. And that it was something she just couldn't allow it to, to go into. Because while there is, there is stuff in here that you could consider campy. Sure. She's trying to keep you from necessarily ever thinking of it that way, seeing it as kitschy and camp. Because if you do that, then you're missing out on so much of what she's actually trying to point out about uh, what women want from films and what women want from uh, female characters. Mm-hmm. And that that's the more important thing, I think, in in the production of this movie is... Not necessarily a message, but in trying to get out the real personal touch of a woman filmmaker that gets easily overrun when you start bringing other people in because most of those people you're going to be bringing in are men. Uh huh. So I don't I know it. that it could ever have worked. 
they, like, they would have been like, more like the love bitch. Actually, let's change it to the love bitch. And can we get, uh, you know what? Let's get someone younger in here. Someone <laughs> a little bit, you know what I mean? Prettier, big titties. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, it would have easily, like, the second you bring in the wrong person, you can't get that real specific message up. I don't know. I know she's doing stuff. She has, like, a Bluebeard movie she's working mm-hmm. on, and she has a paranormal like supernatural type of thing she's working on that she says is going to be a lot more gory. Word. But again, I don't know if she's trying to make commercial movies. I yeah, do- yeah. I Th- think this one got more like attention than maybe it did. would have been expected mm-hmm. was what happened. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of a claim about it. That yeah. uh, that campiness aspect is something that I, I spent quite a lot of the film trying to deduce and, and understand. Yeah. Where, like, whenever the movie starts, and it is this, like, very, very late 60s, early 70s, yeah, like, like font and yeah. music and Hitchcock, yeah, mm-hmm. and, like, she's in her car, and there's, like, this obvious rear projection mm-hmm. behind her, very like, 60s. her hair's not blowing in the yeah. wind, like, yeah. it's all very <laughs> kitschy and very of that time period, and I was trying to read it as, like, okay, so is it set in the 60s, or mm. am I supposed to believe, like, this is kind of like a House of the Devil style, like, this just sat on a shelf for decades and we just right. unearthed and now it. it's coming out yeah yeah and then you know whenever she uh whenever elaine meets her friend trish mm. trish pulls up in like a modern bmw yeah and i was like okay so is this like is this like anchorman where it's not set in the past but everybody for some reason reason is dressing like it's the mid 70s like where what is the tone here but mm-hmm. then none of that is ever acknowledged it put hmm. it in this place in my head where i was like this is some really fucking weird like possible future where everything has gone back to this like mod sort of fashion mm-hmm. style but some people still have modern cars or what the fuck is it going is its on own here? world it is its own world it's a different it's not our world for sure like yeah there there's a lot of 60s fashion and stuff uh in, in it's a modern world they have computers they have cell phones but yeah very, very 60s uh the there are <laughs> witches are known to exist and have relationships with local law enforcement like yeah people talk about yeah. witches in this movie as if they're just talking about like the local mormon congregation right, <laughs> right. yeah so like th- yeah this is that's the thing that i think is real powerful about what she's doing throughout this film is that she's given us a whole fantasy world like this whole different world that we're being introduced to and if you buy if if you get into that mindset with it then you start to see how the things that are happening make sense like this is just the way people are in this world Mm -hmm. it's like watching a david lynch movie (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. shit ain't normal <laughs> exactly yeah exactly like you it's know. weird because you watch a david lynch movie and like i would never once go like i don't like that movie people acted weird right it's like well of course it's a david lynch movie <laughs> right so g- same give uh, anna beeler the the same leeway here to just be like no this is a weird fucking world where people act unnatural they talk in ways people don't talk in our world but in this world, it's normal as fuck to just be having these monologues about what men and women are and these like long exposition moments explaining all these things, etc. Like, Reverby internal dialogue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all that stuff is, is just uh, presenting us with this real weird world 
that we then have to make sense of. I think, though, what's interesting is that when we're talking about how most of what we're seeing we're getting from her her viewpoint, her perspective is maybe putting this filter on the world. Elaine's. Yeah, uh, main Elaine's perspective is putting a filter on the world that... This is the fantasy world she lives in. She there. She does not live in the real world. I, I like that reading of it because yeah. it does make things make a lot more sense. Where you're like, why? Did, why does everybody dress in this particular way? And why is there this fucking tea house where they serve tea and cake to women while a woman plays a harp? Uh-huh. But it's actually in the modern <laughs> world instead. I think it it is more fun and interesting to look at it as like, no, this is Elaine's perception of the world, right? Rather than what is actually happening Mm. i think that makes it a little bit more enjoyable to see it that way yeah i have a hard time with that because what i know of biller's other stuff is she just loves that aesthetic yeah Uh like from the clips and stuff i watched of like viva it seems like that's just kind of her look yeah it's gonna be her look it's gonna be her aesthetic yeah like lynch movies look the same like Mm -hmm. they all have similar features like she She's definitely going to introduce us to more and more of this, like, high saturation, like, great film uh, works of art. It, but, like, I don't know if, if, yeah, I don't know if she's ever going to go for commercial success. I think she could get it, though. I think that, like, you're right in saying that if she worked with someone else on this, it could have been more, like, tightly constructed and more of a... More of a movie that people would, you know, pay to go see. Yeah. And I think she has that future, and I hope that too much of what she does isn't taken away as that happens, because what she does is make this world that is just insane. Like, the the, the colors of every single shot are so rich and mm-hmm. so vibrant, and, like, she was talking about how, like... uh film it has it has this quality where like the more light that you're using you know on on the stage or whatever the more the the film is going to take on this character and that's why when you see these old like 60s things everything is using that hard lighting cuz they're using the, basically the whole canvas mm-hmm. of the of the film instead of using tons of darks and stuff which is what they do with video and digital to try to basically I don't know, it makes starker contrasts that you don't actually get with the film and and digital. You kind of have to use your darks to make that happen, whereas with film, you can show everything, and it just takes on a new character, and it kind of changes the way that everything looks in the frame. So I'd like to see more of what she's doing and sure. more of like these weird worlds. I I don't... I don't know if she kept making stuff that's very personal like this and that's just all she does. I'll continue to watch her movies and try to figure them out for yeah. sure. Yeah, get a, a piece of that yeah. that psyche she's laying to film. Right. <laughs> but I, I uh, yeah, I think she could make something that would just be, you know, a a gorgeous, you know, maybe never huge movie but a, a movie that people really care about. She could be a hella DP is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she used a, a cinematographer in uh he's known for you know being real good at this particular type of cinematography so 
she she does use some help for sure hmm. but again she's she's constructing all those shots and stuff like she's making the the sets look the way they look she is coming up with all this just gorgeous stuff that again is in a movie that is a very strange it is very, <laughs> fucking very strange. strange yeah so, vis- visually it is definitely a high intensity kind of movie man every yeah. shot is just drenched in this kind of technicolor mm-hmm. kind of dreamscape thing that i think yeah. makes the movie seem even more surreal yeah a lot of the coloring on the sets is like borderline garish uh-huh. like the tea room is just this like lavender and yeah. everybody's wearing pink uh-huh. and it's just so over the top, over the top, like hyper mm-hmm. weird fantasy reality. Uh, it's it's definitely saturated in color. Yeah, I will, I will say for that sure. for it. Um, so we have to talk about the message of the movie. In that, a lot of people find a feminist message in this movie, and Anna Beeler says, "I didn't put it there." Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when you say a lot of people see it, it's like a lot of uh, straight white man film critics see <laughs> not this like movie. Not like us. <laughs> yeah, not like us or uh-huh. anything. But honestly, like after I started reading some reviews of the movie by dudes saying that this is like some kind of feminist icon movie mm-hmm. and all this, I got to thinking about like there's that meme format that's floating around now of like that. I don't even know what it's from, but it's like an anime dude and he's looking at a butterfly and he's like, is this blank? Uh-huh. And it's just like a woman killing a man on screen. Is this feminism? Right. It made me think of that where I think a lot of bonehead film critics just read a woman doing anything as being feminist, which yeah. is not even the point of this fucking movie. Because no. seriously, like, ask any feminist and mm. they will tell you this is not feminist. Ask a yeah. woman who's a feminist and they'll tell you this is not fucking anna biller said this is, this not- is a feminine movie. Yeah, I was not making a feminist movie though. Yeah, so... There, there. That's the thing is that this movie says a lot about femininity and masculinity. It says a lot about those things, but it doesn't have a message about those things. It's not saying this is the right type of femininity. Yeah. Or this is the wrong type of femininity. In fact, you know we're we're dealing with a lot of like. I, I think that the movie, watching the movie, someone could easily get confused by say the conversations between the witch coven where they're talking about men are this way and women are this way yeah. to think that that's the m- movie, the director, the writer saying these are the correct things. Sure. But that's not it. That's not. And I'll say too, man, I think that there's probably something about our, 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 you know, age of movies and stuff that we live in where so many things are male led and made by males and yeah. are from the male perspective and stuff that whenever we see a movie that's like, oh, a woman made a movie about a movie must be some kind of a feminist message. Let's find yeah, one. Yeah, if a woman makes a movie about a woman, then... Must be a feminazi She movie. must be trying to say something about yeah. all women. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that that is a very biased perspective yeah, that is. we have of just normal media consumption yep. where we think... Well, it's a yeah woman movie made by a movie must be feminist, uh-huh. and that I I don't think is what she was trying to say no. or do no. here. She's dealing with uh, I mean, when when we look at the character of Elaine, she's not good. Elaine's not fuck a, no. She's not a good person. <laughs> it's terrible. She's not being presented as like uh, even a great thing. This is yeah. She even is beyond she, the murdering. She's right. A de- she's a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she she is she is drawing from sixty uh, you know forties through sixties femme fatale characters and like she is this woman is deluding herself mm-hmm. into thinking that 
the things she's doing that are leading to the deaths of these men are uh, just fine. She's just using magic and, you know, oh, it's unfortunate they died. They couldn't handle their feelings. But also, like, that feelings can't kill you. I mean, w- we could say, oh, is this a world where feelings, like, can kill you? They're so strong that they can kill you. That's a possibility. This fan- This fantasy world is that, where if men were to experience all of their real feelings, they would just die. Uh But also, if we're looking at it from the perspective of, well, that's not how the world works, it seems like so many of the moments we see from her are her fantasy version of what happened and not what actually happened. I I wonder about that too, and especially whenever you commit to the idea that this entire bizarre late 60s aesthetic that everything in this world has except mm. for random objects like phones and cars well, randomly I'll, i got I, you got some ideas about that i do and yeah, we'll talk about it in a but sec whenever you kind of watch it with that commitment in mind of like okay you're seeing her idealized version of reality yeah. that would also include you know the reason she chose that specific era is because such typical stereotypical gender roles existed at right. that point where men were manly and had no feelings. Women were dainty and took care of their man and were feminine right. and all this. Maybe that's why she chose that to be the look of her fantasy is because mm-hmm. gender roles were so assigned and clear right. and simple at that point and she thinks that the world should revolve around those gender binaries mm-hmm. and their typical traditional roles. Yeah, yeah, I think um, definitely the way that uh you know gender is presented in this is is very binary there is no oh, extremely yeah there yeah. is no like bleed in between well because the minute that a man does something that is not seen as traditionally masculine she's disgusted she's disgusted yeah, yeah it's like in this in this world of these gender roles that are so black and white mm-hmm. the minute that there's any sort of shade of gray yeah. Nobody, male or female, in this movie can fucking stand it. Nope. It's like everybody in this movie, for the most part, is very much sucked in by this very black and white male-female yeah. gender roles kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, gray is not tolerated yeah. in this world. Yeah, and she she's definitely like, she is trying, it seems, to live that, the belief that... Uh, a woman's position is to please her man and the man's position is to basically be pleased by his wife and Mm -hmm. always love her more than she loves him basically um and that really breaks down when you see the way that she does this though because like she says she wants that but what she is always after is control and that's like central to her character that's why she's always so perfectly uh dressed perfect makeup always in perfect poise and control she is like think of it like this she's patrick bateman oh yeah yeah she is constantly trying to put a face forward that is flawless flawless yes but so at the same time, full control. very much like Patrick Bateman, she is internally disgusted by these people who she is trying to gain the approval and influence yep. of. Yep. It's like that is Patrick Bateman 101. Yeah, 100%. It's like, it's like, I mean, I know Anna Beeler didn't think this, but it's like 
somebody being like, you think finance bros are bad. Wait till you meet white women who are into crystals. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. white ladies are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she, yeah, she's constantly about control, and that's why everything around her is so – it's it's – as you said, Anna Beeler was writing from a very personal standpoint, and as we have just talked about, she takes absolute control of this film production. She is not shying away from her own knowledge that I am a control freak. I need absolute control, and I need to make sure every tiny little detail is perfect. It's kind of like that on Front Street in the movie. Yeah, on Front <laughs> Street in the movie. But she's saying, what if, what if a character was like this, and also like you know absolutely this just gorgeous femme fatale character that everyone is like immediately you know smitten by and and what if she was looking for love but could never find anyone who could love her enough so it drives her crazy to the point where she wants men to die she yeah. wants these men to die for never being enough for her. Like, she puts out this... As she sees it, she is pleasing men by looking hot. And it's true. Like, men are very happy to see her anytime she comes into a room. Even though she is quite homely. <laughs> right. Clearly. <laughs> quite plain. But, like, she feels like she is pleasing the world by being who she is. The world owes her back more than that they need to put in the effort and so that's why like she's instantly kind of turned off when wayne starts getting too you know weepy and stuff same with richard like really kind of turned off by richard it seems by him just having no passion or emotion to to him and then we get her with with griff and she's now in her perfect world because he he is what she thinks is perfect in her fantasy mind before she learns more about him but he is he seems to present to her this very masculine like stoic type of character 90 who, degree jawline right perfect <laughs> yeah and this guy by the way uh uh Jean, he he uh, is a a model for romance novel covers he looks exactly yeah. like he would be yeah yeah so like he he has that like perfect mr right type of thing and that's what she says like she, you're the man of my you know that uh my faded man or whatever like she had that like card reading that made her think a man was coming and she is entirely enamored of him until uh there's that point where you know uh they're in that bar and they start saying burn the witch which apparently means sexually assault the witch and boy howdy i'll talk about why i think that scene was doing there but after that they're back at her place and he is just he he is male gazing at her he is looking at her now before he looked at her as beautiful sex object and now he looks at her as disgusting crone he and should that, have been looking at her as the perpetrator of a damn crime. He's the worst well, cop in the world. I mean, that's what I'm saying here is that <laughs> that's what he he has changed now. He no longer is, and that's the two sides of the male gaze is is the you know, uh, sex object or the crone. Like you, either you're a sex object or you're worthless basically. And she has now become worthless because she's this criminal. 
And that's when she starts to kind of shrink away from him and his face becomes a skull. Like his his gaze at her now as this criminal and no longer as this object of affection uh, has basically made him like a, a harbinger of, of her death. And she has to kill him. And by, to kill him, she finally actually gets to his heart, which is what she wanted the whole time, and penetrates him with a knife, taking all the power with that knife there at the end. Like, there's just this, like, move through the movie from she wants a man to be a real man to basically taking on the masculine role of penetrating straight to his heart. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like a, a fall from delusion, basically. Like, she's she's killing these men the whole time or you know leading to their death the whole time this is the moment where she actually takes control and makes it happen she's real stabby gets real stabby yeah i think uh as we were talking about the the technology aspect that kind of is you see that happen as like the breakdown of her fantasy world like we see the computer at um griff's desk when his partner confronts him about the you know him not pursuing her as a, a suspect in this case partner's dressed much more modern and styled yes. much more modern than he is than Griff as well and there's a computer in the room and this is the beginning of the end for her and it's the first time we've seen that type of technology we've seen more modern cars but we haven't seen anything like that up to this point so now we're seeing this modern technology next she has this dinner or this uh you know brunch or whatever with trish trish pulls out her cell phone it's all her fantasy world is slowly breaking down there at the end that's where the technology starts to in, intrude on this perfect aesthetic yeah and that i think that's that's what's happening there at the end is that her her world is crashing down and now she's got to find this way to take back full control and that is you know murdering griff mm-hmm. and i think that's an like very solid horror movie story the bits that are weird are the stuff i didn't say oh it's weird <laughs> Boy, <laughs> because, yes, there's a whole lot about a witch coven there's uh there's yep there's a renaissance fair in the middle of the woods out of nowhere there's some song and there's some song and there's uh, a fake wedding there <sighs> It, it is oh some th- dancing some dancing some really bad well. dancing <laughs> bad dancing yeah <laughs> it those moments all are basically weird <laughs> yeah like they, they're weird in storytelling to have because the first moment she sits down to have that like conversation in the burlesque uh room with the uh you know the witches or whatever that's about halfway into the movie and then it's a long exposition bit where they're just explaining witchcraft and explaining like the male and the female and all that stuff and it it really like it adds to what the movie is getting at or what it's trying to like you know illuminate some but it's also like who stops their movie in the middle 
for for this like this is just yeah. so it kind of drags it and kind of slows the pace down a lot oh, yeah. at that point because up to that point it, it kind of been zooming along wayne and and richard happened pretty successfully like right behind each other and she like you know goes and sells her soaps and all that stuff like there's just like stuff that happens in that first hour and then that second hour gets slower let's get culty with it and get cold yeah it gets culty and like some things kind of change and whatnot but it does i i don't know it it's not a movie i'm gonna rush to watch a, a ton yeah but also if it was on at a like party i would be like be a weird damn, party. this movie is so gorgeous <laughs> he'd be like this is the weirdest fucking party i've ever been to i can get the fuck out of here <laughs> um yeah i it is it's it's a gorgeous movie that yeah i i think the main thing though that we haven't talked about so far is samantha robinson's performance mm-hmm. now whether you like presentational acting or not Samantha Robinson's performance is far more than the way she says says the lines. Like it's the way she walks, the way she stands, the way she looks. Everything she does is so like perfectly the character. There's no uh, uh, there's no chinks in the armor there. There's no. no point where you're just like, oh, that was out of character or yeah. anything. Like it it is all very much a hundred percent committed to that feel. Yeah. And again, like you said, whether that feel is a good thing or not, right. I I don't know. Uh-huh. I can sit here and absolutely be devil's advocate and be like, it's a pretty good way to hide that someone's not a good actor by being like, <laughs> well, it's not supposed to be good. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then they wouldn't be consistent at it. Like a bad actor can't consistently be the same type of bad. I mean, I could like make a faux black metal album recorded with the worst fucking shit that I could find. Right. And I'm kind of automatically immune from criticism about the production. That's true. It kind of becomes but bulletproof. to be able to like, do that, to you that have way. to have the musical talent to make it. But it also <laughs> makes you free from criticism if it's bad. Sure. So I can okay, see it both ways. How about this? I could make a black metal album. Fuck yeah. It would be real bad. Sick. Like it, It'd be a hit. That's the thing. Is like What you're saying is you could make a black metal album, and whether it was great or not could be hidden i could not make a black metal album and anyone think it was great <laughs> you'd be surprised <laughs> and so what i'm saying is a bad actor can't bad act their way into seeming okay because it's presentational acting i think you just issued me a hell of a challenge and i'm ready to pick up the fucking gauntlet i'll bad act seen, the hell out of we've it. all seen you as a meth addict you're a good actor that's because you know, i'm just telling my story on the screen <laughs> That's why I don't even I don't have to rehearse for that. Yeah. I don't have to be in character. I'm I'm in character all the time to play. It that. also it also if if you were trying to hide bad acting to get the entire cast to do it, like how would that be possible? It, yeah. it just isn't possible. Like everyone in here is doing a great job of exactly what they were asked to do. Being weird again. It is it is you know it is David Lynchy yeah. in a way where I'm like nobody in a fucking Lynch film acts normal whatsoever and somehow everybody is in on the same tone Uh it's a deliberate choice yep at that point so yeah yeah we haven't done a lynch film no 
I think there's plenty of reason to do one. There definitely is. Or a few yeah. of them, because they're fucking weird. Yeah, there definitely is. Yeah. I mean, Mulholland Drive, at the very least, some people call a horror oh, movie. Oh, dude, that movie freaks me the fuck yeah. out. That's but scary ra- most horror movies. I think Eraserhead fits the bill, too. We should do one, Oof. for sure. Because yeah. I think I think David Lynch gets a lot of leeway. He because does. he's a man. Well, Like, he's been doing this weirdness since the late 70s oh yeah a long time and kind of expected of him <laughs> kind of expected of him so like he he gets a lot of leeway to do his weirdness and no one expects him to explain it and in fact if you try to get him to he'll just say no like he's yeah. not going to <laughs> so i think i think that uh i think anna Biller deserves the same leeway to just make make this weirdness make it and let's see you know I'd like to see 10 more of these. Mm-hmm. Just, I want to see what she continues to do because her, like, these things are her vision, but you hear her talk about movies. Like, she knows movies so well. Like, uh, t- check it out. It's still up. Uh, even though you can't watch The Love Witch by itself on Shutter anymore, the Valentine's Day special with The Love Witch is still up. So you can watch The Love Witch. With Joe Bob Briggs interviewing Anna Beeler, and she's so charming and so knowledgeable and stuff. I really want her to continue making this stuff, and I want to see where it goes. Because much like David Lynch, like I could see her making some fucking cool shit. I mean, I'll say that for sure, even though I don't like this movie, it, yeah. it gave me a particular feeling while yeah. I was watching it where I was like, I don't know what I am feeling right mm-hmm. now. It's very strange. Like yeah. I texted you in the middle of the movie, and I was like, this is a intensely weird yeah, movie. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so even though I didn't like it, I will appreciate the fact that it made me feel a certain way that uh-huh. other movies don't make me feel. Yeah. Even the soundtrack pulled me in, in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some of the soundtrack that is just so fucking lame and stupid. <laughs> there was a man and a lady, and it was tra-la-la-la-la. Yeah. Like, that shit's just fucking stupid. Yeah. But then, <laughs> some of the, like, ambient soundtrack stuff, where something seemingly normal will be going on, but the soundtrack in the back is, like, ultra-dissonant yeah. and unsettling, that's a very Lynch move, and mm-hmm. it made me just feel really... Yeah. really weird it made like the unnatural stiff ass acting and uh-huh. very hyper fucking weird 60s aesthetic of the movie get weirder to me it made it feel more like a very strange dream yeah so even the soundtrack stuff i think was really effective when it wasn't yeah. horrible renaissance music with corny lyrics the <laughs> instrumental parts really freaked me out uh I, I am going to check out viva hearing her talk about it basically the premise of viva was uh, playboy cartoons you remember playboy cartoons where it would just be like a, no i read it for the articles oh okay yeah i was just well, reading the business <laughs> parts playboy cartoons would be like somebody standing naked at, at, at the door and you know whatever the joke would be and she just like imagine like what world is that where people are walking around naked and walking up to doors and stuff so i i want to watch that watch this and see another film because that's the thing with david lynch like Nobody sat down and watched Mulholland Drive and was like, I get what a Lynch film feels like. I know everything he has to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. You got to see Blue Velvet. You got to see Eraserhead. You got to see, like, you got to see Dune. You got to see the stuff that he's done to see what is the Lynch 
that the Lynchian feel people are talking about. Because you can get it from Mulholland Drive, but there's stuff in Mulholland Drive that's not exactly just Lynch. Like his his feel is brought out in a few movies. You got to see a few. So I'd like to see a few from her. Oh yeah, to really get exactly what the feel is uh, and i'm, I'm, I'm not written off watching her future stuff just because yeah. i don't like this movie yeah it's definitely got a giallo feel to it too and so when i i heard she said that she's make she's working on something that will be gorier gorier mm-hmm. that interests me because i want to see is she gonna do like the pink fucking giallo blood or like is it gonna uh, she actually meant she was making an adaptation of a gory story an edward <laughs> gory story <laughs> I would actually love that. <laughs> I can kind of see that working. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of this movie that explores both the realms of toxic masculinity as mm-hmm. well as toxic femininity. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Which is, I think, that something that, that doesn't get a lot of spotlight. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie kind of shows this vicious chain where, you know, at the top of the, the toxicity pyramid, there's toxic masculinity mm-hmm. because men run so much of the fucking world. Yeah. And our hyper-masculine bullshit can trickle down and indoctrinate women into treating other women like shit the way that she fucks and murders her, you know, seemingly only friend in the movie's husband yeah. uh, because she has been brainwashed by these patriarchal ideas. Mm-hmm. I think we even see a lot of that with, like, the cult, for example, where even though it's a cult that's all about women and women's magic and they're, they're goddesses and uh-huh. blah, 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 and they can use their powers to dominate men... It's run by a man yeah. telling these women, like, oh, if you want to dominate males, you should learn to dance and yeah. wear tight-fitting clothes and makeup and, and she's act clear- the way I want you to. She's <laughs> clearly disgusted by him, too. Like, there's, like, Ooh, yeah, it's, she's it's grossed like, out. I mean, it's not like, I say clearly, she is disgusted by him, and you could miss it, I guess, mm-hmm. if you aren't paying attention. But, like, basically, anytime he, he talks, she, like, looks away and yeah. just looks like, uninterested in anything he has that, to say like, that gargamel ass dude that was running the cult to yeah. me reminds me of, of so much of those like super fake woke ass dudes right who are just, using yeah that to get sex get basically yeah <laughs> yeah and they're they have no real like uh desire to actually uh empower women or no anything. It's, no, it's, no no yeah i think that they just kind of use it to get chicks yeah. like that guy to me was very much he had that feel that yeah. feel yeah which yeah. you see in like fucking preachers and stuff uh-huh. too absolutely <laughs> and, yeah any, any time people can take control of a, a group of people you'll see some oh i'm on your side you're a, you're a goddess like. you should show a little bit more cleavage and use <laughs> right. your powers exactly yeah that yeah i liked though like that that obviously makes really interesting statements without ever saying any of that stuff like what we're saying right now is never made clear no. it's not like the point of the movie or anything it, there's never like any real like moment that digs that out but it's there and it's showing us that this is like you know this is a, a normal interaction for a woman to have to have a man telling her how she needs to be to be a better woman like yeah yeah, I, I like that uh, a lot because it, it is it is subtle. It's not as like it's not heavy handed in any way. Yeah, and it's it's one of those deals where you know knowing how much of this, as as Biller said, was autobiographical, mm-hmm. and she put so much of her own story into it. It legitimately bums me out that it seems like she has known a lot of really shitty dudes and really shitty women. 
yeah. it bums me out. Yeah. Because, like, the thing about it is, is, like, every dude in this movie is, is fucking bad. horrible. Yeah. Like, they are all, like, super macho caveman, mm-hmm. lizard brain pieces of shit. Like, but we were watching that's... this, and, like, and like for example, yeah. Like, yeah, I was watching it with Kate, who, as far as I know, I think only likes one man on Earth, and it's me <laughs> 75% of the yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say some of the time. <laughs> and she at a point where she's like, are you offended by this? Because this seems like really throwing you guys under the bus and it's like i realized that there are so many men that mm-hmm. are how these dudes are portrayed in this movie yes but golly man like every male in this is a huge piece of shit okay and the women are fucking terrible too and I'm, it just kind of bums me out that that has been her experience well i mean i wouldn't think of it that way i mean why would there be any men in this except for the men she's trying to kill like, why would there be other men characters? And if she's trying to kill them, she's not going to go for men who are going to listen to her. Yeah. So Respect her opinions. So yeah, on. she's mm-hmm. killing the toxic men. So I, I don't think it's Anna Beeler throwing men under the bus. I think it's showing, like, this would, this would be her victim. Her victim would be the toxic man who only sees her, her exterior beauty and only wants her for sex. It wouldn't be a guy who would be like, wait, what's going on with you? Like, <laughs> Why are you wearing all that eyeshadow and talking weird? <laughs> well, maybe not ask her about her makeup. But yeah, like you, yes, you you talk uh, very odd. Um, that's I'm maybe not going to get in your car and go to a cabin immediately. Like, Man, how come you pee so much? Yeah. <laughs> you fill up a whole quart, girl. That's a lot of bottles of pee in here. This is more bottles of pee than I normally see. Make more pit stops. <laughs> You don't have to go till your bladder is about to explode. Exactly. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying is that like if they had introduced a character like that, she would have shown zero interest in that character. She doesn't want a a man that is actually going to listen to her and stuff. She wants to kill men. And it's interesting because her desire to do that is ultimately all fueled by this toxic masculinity patriarchal idea of how mm-hmm. women should act yeah like exactly. she is acting the way that she believes men want her to act all mm-hmm. this coddling mothering oh you poor baby yeah, yeah, yeah. let me make you a steak and uh-huh. do a sexy dance for you <laughs> and give you sex right away because that's how i open the door to love right from you but then ultimately her bowing to those patriarchal whims is what makes her completely lose respect for these men when they show any form of emotion or right. attachment whatsoever. Yeah. Or, so you know, backlash is on them. It, they are this toxic man, and their toxicity is what kills them. Yeah. 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 So it's like even if you are influencing females to behave in this idealized, ultra-feminized way. Right. It's like this negative feedback loop where it's like, yeah. well, they'll fucking hate you for it and kill you. Exactly. Yes. And that, I mean, that is a good message. I mean, again, uh, don't kill anybody. It's not yeah. good. Okay. But Anna Biller definitely didn't want a particular message, but that is a good message to draw away from this movie that if, if you enter, if you interact with women in this way, these are the feelings you're going to get back. It, it is hatred for you hatred for any emotion you do show because of the way you've put them in this position with this dichotomy you've made it so that you can't be emotional well when the gender norms are that extreme and the man dares show an emotion it's like this negative backlash of like that's my job to do that right 
It's my job to be in love with uh-huh. you. Yeah. Get off my turf. <laughs> exactly. Die. Yeah, die. Do a die. <laughs> do you do die now. Yeah. Yeah, all the like kind of man-woman love ideas in this that especially kind of happen there towards the end of the movie where there's those inner monologues with her and I think in Griff where she's like, oh, you know, the more you get to know a man and learn every little thing about him, the more you love him. And mm-hmm. then he's like... The more I learn about a woman, the less I love her. Yeah. I think that's a really, that's an interesting contrast and probably an unfortunate reality a lot of very shallow ass men and women live in and it makes me sad. Yep. Like when it got to that point in the movie, okay, I'll put it to you this way. I have a hard time relating to Elaine in this movie and emoting alongside that character because the women in my life are all so badass and fucking yeah. strong and could give a shit less about a man's opinion right. um, or anybody's opinion. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the fault of me being surrounded by badass females in my circle where I'm like, this is a character of a person, but I know that kind of person exists. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Much like how, again, the men in this movie are all these caveman fucking moron meathead pieces of shit. But I'm not friends with those dudes. Exactly. So I don't realize there's a ton of them. There's a lot of them yeah. out there. Yeah, it makes it you know, not fun for me to watch this because I'm like, this isn't reality whatsoever because yeah. I don't surround myself right. with, you know, super weak females that just bow to the patriarchy and I also don't surround myself with meathead men that just chase, chase around skirts all day. Right. So for me, this movie was very unrelatable in both ways. Mm-hmm. But again, I realize those kinds of people do exist and they are out there. So like that, that little set of lines where they were breaking down you know, a woman's perception of love versus a man's perception mm-hmm. of love, that that did have an impact on me because it made me sad to go, God damn, like that is so many people's reality. Yeah. And so many people get stuck in those relationships where the woman is just getting further and further enamored with this guy and this guy is getting further repelled from this woman because he woke up next to her and she wasn't wearing fucking makeup right. like she was the night before. It really bums me out that there's a lot of people that could connect to that experience. Yeah. I cannot. Most of the no. people in my life cannot, but it bums me out. Yeah. There there are uh, no good relationships in this. I mean, Tr- no. Trish and Richard are terrible for each other. Yeah, and even at the end, like Trish was kind of my beacon of hope. Right. Because early on in the movie, she's like, I believe you've been brainwashed by the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. But then by the end of the movie, after Richard is gone... You know, again, this is where the toxic masculinity that infested Elaine then goes on to infest another woman, where right. Trish starts going, oh, maybe if I would have pleased my husband more, he would mm. still be here. Maybe Elaine was right. It's uh, like this contagious toxicity. Well, and that's the thing that I don't think the movie is telling us that that's wrong either. Because seriously, like Elaine asks him what turns him on and he says, no one's ever asked me that before. Yeah. <laughs> That's, th- sh- that Trish is a bad wife. She's mm-hmm. not a good wife. It is not, obviously, it is no woman or man's responsibility to make you happy or to please you. But I feel like when you get in a relationship and then you're like, let's just go ahead and call this a fucking marriage... It feels to me you probably should care for the other person's happiness and pleasure. Maybe. And she doesn't. And he doesn't care for hers. They are terrible together. They shouldn't be together. And they're not happy. She should be trying to please him. He should be trying to please her. But they're not. 
He's into fucking razor blade playing bathtub. He drinks so much. <laughs> At one point, he's sitting to. with like three bottles of whiskey in front of him. It was like very Ron Burgundy to me. Yeah, at that it was point, like man. super over the top. Also, that guy looks like he should be in a David Lynch movie. He does. He looks yeah. fucking weird. He looks like a damn <laughs> like reanimated corpse most of the movie. <laughs> He's got like I barely any say, eyebrows. I did say this while watching Ugh. it that that guy could play Frankenstein so well, dude. Yeah, yeah. if it was in black and white, they wouldn't have to put makeup on. Nope. It's just like, nope. well, yep, <laughs> there he's a Frankenstein. Uh-huh. But yeah, I I think like there there are no good relationships in this. I don't know that we're supposed to think any person in this is good. Like, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just presenting. I think it's doing exactly what you're saying. Is it's presenting. What a terrible world this is that some people live in, in that very binary men, women this way. This is the way they live. and it, Yeah. And if this is Anna Biller's autobiographical relationship story, it sucks. That bums it's got to yeah, suck real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently Elaine has gotten these extremely patriarchal ideas her entire life. We get yeah. some flashbacks. Where she is hearing the voice of her, I guess, former husband and her and dad. And her father, yeah. And they're all like giving her shit about like, oh, you better not put on any weight right. and all this stuff. But that that moment, I think, tells us a lot about Elaine because she's basically coming to orgasm listening yeah, to ecstasy. these men humiliate her. Yeah. She has embraced the full humiliation. The degradation. Of, yeah. of that type of femininity. And that that's... That is what's interesting. That that at, at her core, it's clear she's taking pleasure in killing these men, but she's so wrapped up. She is so, in fact, brainwashed by the patriarchy that like it's part of her pleasure is knowing that these men don't love her enough. Like she gets off on the degradation and the humiliation. It seems like she's getting off on them not loving her enough. Mm-hmm. But then also, she's killing them for not giving her what she wants. So what is it that she wants? Is it she wants this degradation and humiliation? Or does she just want them to fucking die? Well, I think ultimately what we're getting out of it, especially when we see that you know her ultimate fantasy after at the end of the movie, after she's already murdered Griff, mm-hmm. Is this king and queen literal fantasy yeah. world? I, I think it's telling us that this thing that she, this idea she's in love with, is something that is unobtainable. Yeah, it's something that isn't based in reality right. whatsoever. Um, yeah, that that's what I think we're trying to get out of it yeah. is that she ultimately is just in love with an idea that cannot exist. Right, it's not based in reality, so yeah. she'll just always be chasing it and always be leaving a uh, a, a trail of bodies. Yeah in the distance trying to get what she wants. Exactly. Something that I wonder about as well, and again, this also kind of ties in with the idea that this cult leader, uh, Gargamel-looking <laughs> fucking guy. I'm glad you said Gargamel, because I, I, I was like, that guy looks like somebody. Yeah. It is. It's Gargamel with more hair. Yeah, he's out yeah. to get a Smurf, uh-huh. for sure. <laughs> but this idea that he is leading these, this, uh, these women in this cult of like blood sugar baby sex magic, uh-huh. chili pepper style, mm-hmm. when... In reality, I'm not sure that there's any like supernatural witchcrafty powers going on at all in this movie. I don't there's think that a, there's it, any magic whatsoever. Not, not one of the things needs a magical explanation. But no. if the if 
the the two ways that we've kind of presented to look at it is one that it's a lot of it is her fantasy world or the other is this is just how this world is if it is just how this world is then yeah maybe all that's magic maybe she's like seducing them with magic maybe they are dying because of her magic or whatever maybe all that's magic but the the reading that seems to make the most sense to me is those are her fantasy viewings of whatever it is she did to end their life in reality she gave them potions filled with like poisonous yeah, botanicals yeah. and hallucinogens right. and they yeah. they died uh-huh. <laughs> it's actually much more yeah. simple or she found a man who was so lonely and had never had anyone take that much care for him gave him an amazing night and then left him to deal with it by himself to be alone that is enough to drive a lot of people to suicide like she didn't have to use magic. She just yeah. had to know men. And that seems to be the thing that she knows the most about. It would it, seem that way. Yeah. Or it at least that, that particular type of man. Yeah, I don't think that there's any actual magic happening right. here at all. I, I think that the entire cult is just this guy's way of attaining power over women mm-hmm. to get them to behave the way that he wants to. Yeah. And the guise of being like, I'm on your side, goddess. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that fucking guy. That fucking guy, yeah. I do want to talk about the 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 one the burn the witch moment because yeah, that is a weird yeah. that's that a, a weird real beat. weird bit yeah. yeah um so basically you know it it goes from burn the witch to sexual assault in a second real fast and I would say that there's something to be said there about what burning the witch was ever really about and it mostly seems to stem from a patriarchal hatred of women and a fear of women sure which they they talk about many times in this movie where it's like which is just an excuse to you know it's a name you can call a woman who has become too powerful and she needs to be destroyed yep just put the name witch on i mean fucking women that used to brew beer were called witches yep (laughs) a woman that would dare just to live on her own in the woods and not need it definitely a witch yeah yeah so the in in back in the day, burning the witch would have been the way to take her power away. But now we're talking about a witch who uses her love powers, her sex powers on these men. The revenge these toxic patriarchal men seek to get from her is to take that power away and to force themselves on her, to not allow her to seduce them, to force themselves upon her. And it doesn't show it in the movie or anything. No, it just shows like it's triggering are, for sure, I would I'm imagine. Doing the belts when this hysteria yeah. is going on and you're like, "What? Yeah. Oh, hang on now." Yeah, it's a moment that Ooh. starts to get real grimy and yeah. then yeah, then luckily ends. But like yeah, that the idea there that these men need to take back their power and the only way to do it with this woman who can seduce men to their deaths only way they can think to do it is to take away all of her power sexually and i i think that's maybe what they were getting at or what Anna Beeler was getting at in that moment because it is a real brief moment as you said it's just a couple guys unbuckle their their belt buckles and stuff and it's like oh you know what it's getting you know what's at. happening yeah 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 I, that that moment was just real d- diminishing i would say is that's exactly what it was going for is trying to show her because it has shown her throughout the movie 
at the height of her power is trying to show her now being powerless Mm. and actually needing a man's help, but only to save her from the same toxic traits that he has. Like it's, it's a real gross moment is what I'm saying. (laughs) It's a really gross, uh, it's a disgusting Mobius strip of, of action. Just like, don't like any of what's going on here. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, like I said, I, I think that, it's easy to be offended as as a man by this movie by these stereotypical men. I think it's easy to be offended as a woman. But could you imagine being a daggone witch watching this movie, being like, "Hey, now, <laughs> we're more than just pissing in jars." I really hope people aren't watching this and getting offended. Like what? <laughs> hey, we ain't all got little little acorn dongs hanging out while we're doing our rituals. I think most of us do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the vast majority, probably. You know, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it I think she did a good bit of research into witchcraft and stuff. I don't know though if, you know, actual witches would say it's a good representation. I you know, it seemed fine to me, but again, I don't know that much. Are you a witch? I am not. We so. got some talking to do. <laughs> I got to burn you and no, find out. I was going to say, you're going to have to dunk me underwater to see if I float. I will light you a flom. Yeah. And I see. do wonder, though, yeah, as you said, like, would witches be offended by this? Is this something that, like, watching would be like, ugh, like eye rolling to Making them soaps, or, really? Right. <laughs> but also, I mean, she did her research, and I think, I think most of it is pretty benign. And does make, you know, the, the practice seem... At the very least, reasonable. I think the way that they explain stuff, aside from the the male-female stuff, but, like, the way of magic is a manifesting something in your life and things like that, like, I think all that is a pretty accurate representation. And yeah. I wish I knew more about, like, things like the tarot. Uh, cause yeah. there's a lot of tarot cards that's shown throughout uh-huh, the And I'm sure that, those things all meant something, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that there are very specific meanings yeah. attached to those that I just... Just it's no lost, idea. It's yep. lost on me, man. That's a bunch of know. swords. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got a full house. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I want to play poker with a tarot deck. That would be fun. That would be a wild time. I have three swords <laughs> so yeah i'm sure that there's probably a lot of subtle stuff in there that yeah i, I just don't know yeah the magic stuff yeah I, I i would like to know more i know that i did read some on love magic and i know it's like the oldest evidence of it is like four thousand years old it, it makes the most sense of any magics it seems to me like aside from stuff like wanting you know better your crops or your livestock to, to be better or wanting you know to heal I someone use else a little bit of that yeah i think my love, crops are shot yeah love is definitely something often sought out mostly though love magic until the you know 15th century or so in europe would have all been focused towards sex because the codification and like the i i deal like ugh, what am i trying to say the way that marriage came to be what it is as an institution throughout that time kind of changed the idea of what a love spell would be. It would be to seduce someone to be your bride or your husband or whatever. Get those huge tracts right. of land. Rather than just, you know, straight up fucking. That ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this seems to go straight for the fucking. She's not trying. She. Do, I mean, I guess with Griff, she is trying for him to be with her mm-hmm. forever. That's like... It's like she is kind of on 
on the level with him until he starts actually investigating her. But yeah, she she was just after sex mostly it seems. But seems that way. not even for pleasure though. It's she wants she's, to be loved is what she right. ultimately wants to be in the movie. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's like, love me, love me, love me. Right. Like, Say that you love me. Uh huh. Fool, fool me, fool, fool me. me. Go on, fool me. Fool me. <laughs> I don't care about anything but you. She says. Yeah. She's a cardigan. <laughs> Did they have any other songs? I wonder. Yeah, uh, the greatest game. I think it was called. Is oh, okay. has that? It's a good song. Oh, I'll check. You've, saw, you've seen the video. She's in like a convertible car and she has a cast on her arm. Oh, you've okay. I have. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I can I've verify. I searched your memory banks. <laughs> you've seen it. But other than those two songs, no. 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 But they're two great songs. They became the Backyardigans. Yeah, the Backyardigans. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I think that dang old Anna Biller, she's some kind of a, a witch using her witchly looms and wiles to construct these costumes and sets. Surely she must be burnt at the stake because they're so good. Yeah. I can't believe like just how much she did. Like, It's kind of crazy, dude. Hooping. I think she should start a hella Etsy shop. Yeah. <laughs> Hooping a rug, a pentagram rug, is like, okay, like, that's a pretty small rug, but, like, she also made, like, dresses and, like, the wedding dress for that, that, like, Ren Fair scene and, like, just so much of every little detail. Those paintings in the, in the, her apartment and yeah. stuff, like, so much of every little detail, like, so talent. That is a lot. Like, it, it is insane to me to think of a person having that much talent and implementing it over a period of six years to make one thing in the film medium like sounds like dang pain in ass he does sound, that's exactly what it sounds like i seriously can't imagine like that is so much fucking work i would really hate it if i really wanted to make an album and i was like all right the album's gonna have drums i gotta learn metallurgy so i can make cymbals <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> then you get all the way to like building a guitar yourself and you're like all right now i've got it now i've got to learn how to make strings <laughs> i've got to mine the metal to fucking make strings <laughs> so i've got to learn how to be a miner as well i remember and a smithy it was like maybe like five eight ten years ago there was a a guy who like it was his youtube channel where he he would make everything from scratch so he made a sandwich all from scratch i love that shit man yeah and it was like at the end he was like not worth it and it was like (laughs) it was like a damn ten thousand dollar sandwich or something where he had like till his land and grow wheat to make bread and all this just not worth it but in this case worth it it's definitely worth it that she did all those things because she she nailed that aesthetic yeah but i I bet it would be nice to have somebody else doing those probably would be yeah and I'll tell you this too, man. Like the the aesthetic of the movie and the commitment to it is is absolutely staggering. And yeah. I can never take away cool points for yeah. that because that is a hella insane mm-hmm. amount of work. I, for my own taste, don't really like that late sixties, early seventies aesthetic. It's what's kept me from watching a lot of movies from that yeah, era. Yeah, I was going to say that's. I, mean, I just don't like that personally. <laughs> I do like that era of film. I'm not necessarily a big fan of that era of horror film. Yeah, the sixties specifically. That's why we've. I mean, the furthest back we've gone is, is Psycho and and Night of the Living Dead. Sure, and both of those are in black and white. They're owed. Yeah, but like. Yeah, I, it's not my favorite, not my favorite aesthetic. I would agree with you there. That's so, not like, the fault of the movie. That's no, just that's, my taste. Hey, listen, that's all taste, baby. I mean, like you, you can love it, uh, and if you do love that aesthetic, 
watching this is probably fucking rad because sure. it nails it. Oh, it's a feast. If you're really, really yeah. into that, you're going to yeah. be on board, man. And I do agree that specifically this film in that style looks really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not my, it's not not my, my favorite. I get a little bit with this movie into what I've referred to as Bob Dylan syndrome. <laughs> Yeah. Where I, I realize that Bob Dylan is like right. one of the greatest poets and wordsmiths uh-huh. and et cetera and has written so many incredible <laughs> lyrics. Uh, I just find the music unlistenable. His right. voice fucking sucks. <laughs> and most of the time, the playing is horrible. Yeah. I'm not saying that the playing in this movie is horrible, but I'm right. saying it's that kind of thing where it's like, yes, the ingredients are there. Yes, there's a message Bobby has put into sure. his lyrics. I just don't like how it sounds. Right. When it comes, and that's what it comes down to, right? When we're it's rating, taste, man, that's it's opinion. taste. So, yeah, I, I think we're gonna have some different numbers, but oh yeah, I, I I do not love this movie for some of the same reasons that you just said. It's not my particular aesthetic. God, I, it's long. <laughs> it is. It is overly long, with, and the pacing is is a slower pace than I'm used to, and not really. You know, even with slow burns, like say, you know, uh, but, but, but what's the one with uh, uh, Kieran Shipka and and the Black Coat's daughter? Black Coat's daughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow burn, like the Black Coat's daughter. Even when we call it a slow burn, it keeps a very regular pace, whereas yes. this does not do that. No. Uh, and I wouldn't even call it a slow burn. That that everything's on Front Street. We there's no revelation near the end or anything. It's. It's and all again, kind of there. You can even sit there and justify and go like, well, yeah, a lot of movies from the era that this is aping mm-hmm. were these long, drawn out, not action packed kind of movies. That's just how they made movies back then. Mm-hmm. That is a commitment to that aesthetic. Yeah. I also just don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't have to like <laughs> it just because it is, it is correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree that there's just stuff that I don't love about this. I know. But I do love some of the things a lot to the point of actually getting me to over a little bit of that watching this made me be like i should watch more of 60s hollywood films i just have always avoided it yeah me too maybe i should do it yeah outside of like some hitchcock flicks yeah i just really don't know much yeah so maybe i should get into that and this movie kind of nudged me that way so i like that about it uh, I think Samantha Robinson's amazing in it. Absolutely love the aesthetic. Love what Anna Biller did with, with you know, the, uh, just set deck and all the other stuff that she did to make it what it is. That All that stuff's great to me. But yeah, uh, I have my issues with it. So I'm going to say, slapping a number on this, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe a six, six, six? Yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.66. Keldra the Witch, 666. <laughs> rats, rats, rats for sale. As our, our sign read in college yeah. that we saw on <laughs> campus. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, again, everything that we've said here, I, I respect the commitment to the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. No. I, uh, I, I hate that these are probably relatable characters to a lot of people. Yeah. I hate that. Like, yeah. I, I really hate that there's probably a lot of people that watch this and they're like, that's exactly how my ex-boyfriend treated right. me. That fucking sucks. I wish you hung out with better people. Oh, there are definitely, uh, I'm sure there are people watching the movie and going, yes, queen. Like, she's got it figured out. And it's just yeah, like, no. no. Just like Midsummer had 
those responses of like, oh, yeah, I want to be just like her. And it's like, no, don't. And I struggle, too, because I feel like my expectation of what I wanted out of the movie versus what I got are definitely wrestling. When it is just Biller's expression of herself 100%, literally. I was kind of hoping that we would get more of that idea of like, okay, yeah, you know, anything that men can't control, they just call it a witch. Yep. When in reality, women, even without the wiles of supernatural witchcraft, can bewitch and ensnare and control men to do their bidding. Mm -hmm. Women don't need witchcraft to do that. No. (laughs) It's true. So I kind of hate that the image of the much maligned witch was attached to a a shitty woman in this movie. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You know, it's like that was kind of the potential to use that image of the maligned witch as a misunderstood Hmm. and oft maligned character in history. When in this, it was just like attached to a really horrible woman who'd been brainwashed by the patriarchy. Right, but you can see how... That would get boring as a woman filmmaker to always have the responsibility of making or rehabilitating women sure. in some way. Yeah, exactly. And again, like, it's why like, would she need that? Why can't she just have this terrible, horrible character? Like, yeah, because men have that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we have Patrick Bateman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she is very much the pa- female yeah, she's Patrick, very Patrick Bateman, Bateman in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. I, I found it very fucking boring. Mm. That uh, what did you call the acting style? Presentational. Oh yeah, presentational. I just I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's it's just my taste no, coming into play. You, presentational acting, not yeah, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not for me. I don't think this is one of those movies where you can just be like, oh my god, that person didn't like the love, which I don't respect their opinion anymore. Right. I think if if that's your standpoint, you need to do some reexamining. <laughs> so you, you know me, man. I watch movies for enjoyment. Yeah. I will say I enjoyed talking about this movie a lot more than I did watching it. Yeah. And I think we, we've talked about it for longer than the movie was. Yes. It's yeah. flown by much faster than watching this movie did for me. <laughs> I was so just fucking bored and weirded out uh, watching this flick. Yeah, for me, this is like, uh, I'll, I'll give it points for the for the set design and costumes, the soundtrack that creeped me out, and mm-hmm. more, more than anything, just the general very fucking weird feeling that this movie made me feel. Mm-hmm. I, I always enjoy and respect things that make me feel a certain way, even yeah. if I don't like it. Right. You know, th- this is why I've always said I respect Radiohead. I don't like Radiohead. Uh-huh. But I really respect the way that I can, you know, hear two seconds of one of their songs and it puts me in a really weird vibe right uh-huh. away. I don't even know how to put myself into that vibe. I can't write music for myself that makes me huh. feel that way. Kind of like what I said about cooking. Yeah. It's just like I like the stuff that people can't do that yeah, people can do for me that I can't do for myself. Yeah, and this did that. It, this did that. Uh-huh. So okay. I will definitely give it uh, you know, some bonus points for that. That's cool. But for a movie for me, yeah, I'm in zero rush to watch this again. I'm <laughs> going to say like uh, two and a half or three. Okay. A <laughs> lot lower. That is a lot lower. A lot lower for me. Yeah. I'd rather watch Practical Magic or Elvira. <laughs> Elvira was much better than this. Elvira. <laughs> That's a fact. That's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, Elvira and this have a lot of similarities. Elvira really owns think, it, though. I didn't really think about that, but there are a good number of similarities. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, then. Elvira's on the right side of the corn. Of the, of the corn? Of the corn. Flip a corn. 
It's on the it's right on side the of the coin. Right side of the coin. <laughs> the husk side. Uh-huh. Whereas Ola Lane, she's the bad side of the quarter. Right. If you ask me. Yeah. She. She is. She is. Uh, she's not a nice lady. Nope. 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 Well, Ben. What the hell are we going to be talking about next week? You know what? Next week, we're going to be talking about one ain't neither of a saint before. Yeah. And it's streaming right now on a Netflix. Mm-hmm. We watched a trailer for this, actually, before we started recording this episode, and we were yeah. both like, this looks pretty sick, and yeah. the ratings on it are hella high. Yeah, and I have not heard anything about it. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's seen it. No. So I'm interested to check it out. It's a little flick called Sweetheart. Sweetheart. Not Sweet Tart. Not a Sweet Tart. No. Which I don't even know why it's called that, because the trailer that we watched, it looks like it's about a woman who gets stranded on an island, and there's some kind of weird supernatural shit going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm interested to see, because like... Looks like a one-woman yeah, show. I, I read a little bit about it, but didn't want to read too much yeah. about it, but what I read about it, it seemed people liked it a whole bunch, and I had not heard anything about it, but yeah, Sweetheart came out a couple of years ago. It's a Blumhouse movie. Oh, okay. I'm excited to see... What it's all about? We'll find out about mm-hmm. it next week. Uh, in the meantime, you guys should be throwing your dollar papers at us on Patreon because yeah. you love uh-huh. us. You yeah. love us. You love us. You I'm casting a spell us. on you now. Uh-huh. I'm peeing in a jar right now. <laughs> Here's some rosemary. I'm glad we finally got a reason for all these jar- pee jars that you got everywhere. Around. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Now you know. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron on any level. Ew. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Become a five dollar patron. You get to submit a movie you. to the smoking bowl, smoking. and then we draw from draw. that smoking bowl, bowl, and then we review the movie that we drew. Drew, so you can steer the old and lovely car if you'd like. That's right. We uh, we drive a Dragula. <laughs> we do. We drive a Dragula. That's. I mean, what else would we drive? It would have improved this movie for me if she would have driven a Dragula. <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, a little bit. It would have been yeah, better. a little bit. You know? So, yeah, be sure to support us there. Also, be sure to rate the show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Yeah. Our boy Grayson just told us that you have to have listened to a few episodes to rate it on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, you have to have listened to at least three episodes. I wonder how they determine that. Like, is it just that you reach the end, or is it like... I do wonder that. You have yeah. to listen to all fucking five hours of the Return of the King episode? I think it's a reasonable requirement to stop review bombing and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you could totally just be like, I hate hunks, and give yeah. us bad reviews. Just because right. we're hunks, and we yeah. can't help it. I Listen, I woke up this morning, and I said, be less of a hunk. Didn't work. I tried. Didn't work. I can't help that I was born with this butt chin, this <laughs> fucking Lord Farquaad face that I have. <laughs> I cannot help it. You got that Lord Farquaad. So stay away, hunk haters. <laughs> hunk haters anonymous. Hunk haters anonymous. You know, I didn't mention it, but that professor guy, that uh, Wayne, that she bangs. Yeah. I almost took personal affront to that character. Like he, I dressed so similar to that when I was oh, a professor. Man. You could have got witched. I had me, had me one of them slang bags like his. I he said he was 18th century British. Same. Look at him. Uh, said he's a libertine. Same. He's this guy your pain with his fingers. Also handsome. I mean, listen, not as good looking as me, but I can see where you'd see it, that he's a pretty good looking guy. I was mad at that guy for not being Paul Rudd. For some reason, as <laughs> soon as he showed been, up, I was oh, like, this man. would be better if this was Paul Rudd in this. You Just add an extra this, layer of weirdness on top of this. You anything seriously if Paul Rudd showed up. You I think it'd couldn't. be better. <laughs> Just Paul Rudd and her jump into the Dragula, go to her dang witch house. <laughs> I re- 
I really want to see Ben Eller's version of Anna Beeler's The Love, the Love Witch. Witch. Yeah. Oh, buddy. It's going to be good. I don't see how it wouldn't be a comedy. There's going to be a lot more special effects. <laughs> There's going to be more broom riding. More, more explosions. More dragulin. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably some baby mashing. Baby mash. Yeah. That's what you need in a witch movie. Mm-hmm. You need to mash up a baby. You need to get in there and mash. She mash does pull baby. out her witch flying ointment, which we got to assume has a mashed baby in it. It looked to be pure as the driven snow. Yeah, it didn't seem to have a whole lot of baby chunks. You know? That's a shame. Maybe it was a really clean baby. <laughs> Real clean baby. It's just the cleanest baby you ever cleanest seen. Cleanest baby ever did see, I tell you that. <laughs> Not enough cackling either. There was so little little to zero cackling yeah. i would say yeah uh-uh yeah anyway yeah that was the love witch that was the love witch yeah. tune in next week uh, and again thank you guys so much for all the support and stuff everybody uh have a good week and we'll catch you next time i've been uncle ben i've been hollywood steve we've been dan lovely and you've just been a goddamn delight So the other day, I woke up from the dumbest dream that I have ever fucking had. I'm excited. And I am now seeking investors. Okay. For my best business venture as of yet. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in investing, be sure to contact me. <laughs> okay. In my dream, I had this idea where I was like, man, you know, Whole Foods is so profitable because they right. offer so many natural and gourmet and organic options to customers and all that jazz. Okay. But a lot of people, obviously, can't afford to shop at Whole Foods, mm-hmm. right? So in my dream, I came up with a competitor okay, which cuts costs by offering consumers the same high-quality goods as a Whole Food only at a fraction of the price because everything has, like been opened and like had a, a bite or two taken out of it okay but it's still fine and it's still the same products it's just been eaten on a little bit all right and the name of this retail chain giant is partial foods partial foods okay <laughs> partial foods partial foods okay it was foretold in my dream i can't wait for it i mean you gotta invest I could see a whole <laughs> lot of trouble you might run into with like maybe some issues of bites being taken out of food, contaminating the food. It's but all right, it's fine. Hey, you know, five second rule maybe? Exactly. Well, and the thing is, is you can always eat around the part that's been nibbled on already. You don't have to eat sure, off the nibbled part. Sure. That would be weird. Now, what do we do about drinks? Okay, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay, I mean, it's... It's partial foods, partial not partial foods. drinks. Okay, yeah. You know what? There we go. That's something different entirely. Got them already. Yeah. Okay. But if you're ready to invest in partial foods, <laughs> hit up your boy. I think we can fucking kick Whole Foods in the knees. Yeah, for real. Partial foods. Take that, Bezos. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs>